Welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacking with you alongside my good friend and co-host Travis Krenz. Travis, how are we doing? We're great. We're good, good. I don't anticipate this week's uh, episode being a three-hour marathon like we had last week, but you never know what happens. It seems like we keep getting more and more breaking news. I wasn't planning on bringing Charlie on this week, but we have some significant college football news to discuss, so I think I might have to bring him in. That wasn't the... It, you just never know what happens in the sports world from week to week. Oh, something makes it good, exciting, there's upsets, the high will loses, things like that. And... Our apologies to Shane Koob, even though we're not all that sorry. No, Iowa frauds ever since the word. Uh, you, you sent me the thing uh, to my Jack's email, right? Uh, yes. The serial list? Yes. Yeah. Yep. It, you should. It, I shared the the sheet with you. Yes. Want to do that? You're doing this this week? No. I. It, it's already done. It's complete. Oh. Or do you want me to rank them? Oh, I don't care what. I just gave it to you to have access to. This was the, our documented. Um, um, okay. I'll take. I'll take a look at that. I'll yep. Take, these, are, these were all the serials we went through. I highlighted them in yellow. Which ones you said yes to? I highlighted them in blue. What you said maybe to, and everyone else that isn't was a no. But um, no, every, everything has been cataloged in the spread in the sheet. I'll rank them next week. I'll put a, put together a list. Top ten. Very good. Very good. And then we'll have to. We'll have to come up with something else because that was a lot of fun to do with the cereals and whatnot. Um, let's start with those. Uh, with uh, just let's start with the Vikings here. Another heart-pounding performance. Another one where they shit the bed multiple times. Had multiple chances to put the Carolina Panthers away, and did not. But this time, the Vikings win uh, with. Uh, K.J. Osborne making a nice catch. He looks like a bona fide number three wide receiver in this offense. Kirk Cousins played well. The offensive line, for the most part, apart from uh, Udo, played well. I, I think, you know, he was playing in front of friends and family, so what a time to pick your worst performance. The defense played well, um, except for one drive, and yet this game went to overtime. It is so frustrating to see, to watch these Vikings games this year, because I cannot recall a season where the games have been as close as they are, and the Vikings have yet to put together a complete game, which, in part, you know, I was talking with my dad, and he said, well, they, Mike Zimmer says they're a good team, but I don't think they are. I'm like, I think they, I think they are. They just need to put it all together. Like, if the Houston Texans could put together a complete game, they wouldn't be anywhere near like the the Vikings or the Chargers or you know the you know the, the Cardinals anything close like that. The Vikings, if they put together a complete game, they could be up there with some of these teams. I feel like uh, so it's just frustrating because it, it, it just we keep going through this. But I I watched this game on Sunday with far less emotion. Than I yeah. did uh, against the Lions because I just said it, it. It's bound to happen. And then when they forced that fumble by DJ Moore, I'm like, okay, I feel a little bit better about this. Two, two runs. It's third and four. They throw an incomplete pass. Like, oh, that's not great. The clock uh, continues to, you know, is stopped now. They miss a field goal. It's like, oh, great. Here we go. Like you could just see it coming. It's like a train wreck. The Vikings. I would say it's probably, uh, you would agree with this, this is probably the way it was for you as a kid, where they were the number one thing in your life. Yep. 
the number one thing, my mood on Monday and Sundays would depend on whether or not they did well. Yep. During their game Sundays, I remember I'd, I'd go to, I'd come home Monday from school and I'd take a little nap if they were playing Monday Night Football. Sure. I'd stay up to 10.30 and watch Monday Night Football when they would play. Yep. Once a year, all that stuff, I wore jerseys. I've got a dozen jerseys of Vikings and yep. all this stuff. Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. Yep. And I still like the Chicago Bulls, but it's it's not there much anymore. Uh, I used to like Nebraska as a kid. I don't I don't care about Nebraska anymore. What about the North Carolina Tar Heels? Do you feel the same? I mean, way they're about kind of similar. Like uh, when they won in 05, that was really exciting. I was that was that was real. Uh, when they won a couple of years later, went 09 with Hansborough, yep. they beat Michigan State, I believe. Yep. That was good. Not as exciting. I'm like, all right, that's. They won, good. I like it. They're, they're a good team. I like that team. But now I like North Carolina. I just, you know, I don't, my, my emotions don't live and die with that team anymore. And there's really no team that is like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And this Vikings team, it's been a couple of years, and I watched the game, and I'm like, all right, yeah, this is setting up for another, like, even for Viking standard. Like, this one was, uh, if they would have lost this one, this would, even for their standards, this yeah. would have been really. Yep. This, I mean, you're, Carolina did nothing all, all day long. Yep. So even even for the Vikings, it would have been 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 some. I, I can't imagine what the what the win probability was. What was it? What was it fourth and that'd be fourth and something at the ten yard line, whatever and, it was, five yard line. Yeah, fourth and ten from the three yard line, the two or the three yard line. Let me. Uh, let me see. And that would like that would have been similar probably to, to the maybe not as bad to the Stanford Oregon deal a couple weeks ago. Right. Where Stanford's way back there. And and they come back and like I kind of expect them to complete it and they, and they did. It's like, oh my god, everything that you fear would happen happened and they thankfully won in overtime. But I said that emotion's not there anymore, and that's not good. I don't well, it's good that you're not upset when they win, but even, or upset when they lose. But even when they win, it's like that that caring about them, saying, "All right, they won. This is a big, important game." So that sucks. And you know, I I, I watch wrestling. I watch wrestling as a kid, and involved in that. And you know, you go through the history and and, and look at the wrestling stuff, like you do sports stuff, and. Like WWE is just really bad right now. Yep. Just some the worst it's been in decades. Just awful. Yep. And ratings are at all time lows, and nobody cares anymore. Uh, but there's this other group, this AEW group, which which is more exciting and people like that. But like, like I would watch wrestling every Monday night, and I haven't watched it in a long time. Mm-hmm. I remember we went to the Final Four. Remember that Final Four? We were there. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was great. And uh, it was the day before the final. It would be that Sunday night. We kind of just messed around downtown. And yep. Went to that British place and had some food and came back. And that, that night was WrestleMania that night. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when we got back home and went to bed, I watched some of that. I mean, on my laptop, watched in the last hour or so of that. And it just wasn't. It was like, eh, it was so-so. It wasn't anything special anymore. And this should be their big show of the year, WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And it just hasn't been, you know, you just don't have the same passion for it. And it just isn't as good. Mm-hmm. 
And it's the same with the Vikings where it's not – I'd like to care, but I don't. Because, you know, if you care, it's like, well, shit, if I care a lot, like, there's going to be those games, like the Cardinals game and the Cincinnati game, where it's like I care so much and they lose. Yep. Like, what's, what's the point of caring so much in the outcome? And at this point, you're just dull to it. I saw some guy say, how do Viking fans do this? It's like, Peter Schrager. <laughs> Peter Schrager. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chris Carter said we drink Twitter. a lot. Or Ben Lieber said that. Something like, uh, yeah. It was Peter Schrager. And I'm like, how could you care anymore? It's like, once you're punched in the face for the 50th time. You're numb to it. How, how can it, yeah, you're numb. How, how, can you, how can it even hurt at that point? Oh, I got punched again. So what? It's like, I mean, again, yeah. Two games that came down to the kicker, hit or miss. Two games that have gone to overtime. Yep. Even game came down to the last play, and the Seattle game was the only one that they won comfortably. So, got a buy. Got Dallas in a couple weeks. That you know, they're 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 playing. Their offense is playing well, at least. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Dak Prescott hurt his calf on the very last play of their game against the Patriots. Uh, you know, they're so they are on the buy. I mean, there's a chance that I mean, we'll see how it goes, but Dak Prescott might not be at 100%. The Vikings secondary won't be at 100%. Patrick Peterson is on IR with a hamstring injury, and you could just see it coming right away, you know, like when he went down on that last play. By the way, the win percentage for the Vikings on uh, it was third and 10 on the two, they were at 99.9% uh, chance Amazing. that the Vikings Amazing. Would so I just I just don't have that emotion anymore of caring. There's a guy at work. I didn't say anything about the game today, but a couple of couple of weeks ago he said, "Oh, well, well, that Viking game." I'm like, I don't care. They won. They lost. It's like it doesn't matter to me. It, it, so they, they win in dramatic fashion. They lose in dramatic fashion. My emotions don't move either way in either direction, which is sad. Because I went to, uh, we played pickleball Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're going to play three thirty. Game went in overtime. I'm like, all right, game's in overtime. I'm going to go. I'm going to go there. See if anybody else is there. Watch the overtime on my phone. Yep. I saw the touchdown pass. I'm like, all right, they won. Good. Don't you like that you can watch stuff now on your phone? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah, YouTube TV. So that is useful. That is that is that is a convenient. But just like I don't, I don't know if it'll ever change. If we get a new quarterback that I like. If Kellen Monmouth becomes somebody, yep. we get Aaron Rodgers, God forbid, or something happens. I feel like if we got Aaron Rodgers, I'd be pretty fucking excited. Oh, I would too. I would too. Uh, or just... something, something's got to change. Something's got to change with this team because, yeah, they're, they're, they're as talented as any team, and you feel like if they were to somehow make the playoffs as a seventh seed and play, play Tampa or play the Rams, they'd probably lose. But you feel like... You know, like they could do something like they did with the Saints a couple years ago. Exactly. But quarterback's playing well, but it doesn't seem to matter whether or not he plays well or not. It's just it's a 50-50 toss-up yeah. at any point. I mean, Cousins well, is playing as well as anyone right now. Um, I mean, the stats he's piling up are great. The lists that he's coming out I saw him on a list with Peyton Manning and Dan Marino. I think it was like 10,000 pass. It, 30,000 yards. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy what he's doing, uh, and he's been been very accurate. Uh, I mean, it all comes down to play calling. I think you know, it's just it, and like the, it decision. It's it's decisional. It's situational football with this team because multiple times 
uh, yesterday. You can just go to it. Like, on the on the very last, is it the last drive, I think, when they had a chance at the 47-yard field goal, and they it's third down. So rather than keep the ball in the middle of the field, rather than just run it straight up to the middle, try and get a couple of yards, they run a stretch play to the right, and Dalvin loses four yards. I mean, it's like, come on, why, why aren't you making this a little bit easier for uh, for Joseph? I mean, and he missed two kicks. He wasn't great yesterday. He'll, you know what happens? He still made, you know, 350 or 450-plus yard field goals for the Vikings on the year. So I'm not ready to write him off yet. But it's just, like, it, it's, it's bad football there. Or, like, how do you let Ian Thomas? Ian Thomas is not the fastest tight end. In fact, I think he's got to be one of the slower tight ends. He's a big boy. Uh, how do you let him get down the field and pick up 42 yards on a 4th and 10? How? How does that happen? It's bad situational football. It's bad play calling. Uh, so I don't know if you need to give Cousins more freedom at the line of scrimmage. I kind of wish they would to just to see what it would be like. Um, it they, there's, there's stuff to improve all the way around. And I feel like if they can put it together, this team could be awfully dangerous. At least they're going into the bye three and three. That's the good news. They give themselves a chance here. Yeah. Like the numbers with Cousins, like yeah, they're they're just impeccable. But they almost don't add up to like, you know the, they just don't add up. It's like this is a five hundred team with a guy that always goes five hundred and. Defense is part of that sometimes, and sometimes defense hasn't been very good with him. Defense seems to be better this year. After the first two games, they've been they've greatly improved over the last four. Yes, and it seems like no matter what, this team will always be a game around five hundred, over, at, or under. Yep. Like they can just they're they're destined to be, and Kirk Cousins is destined to be at five hundred forever. Except the one year with Case Keenum after... Uh, and, and, and just amazing. Just yeah. amazing. Yep. By the way, so, ton of Bills fans at this Bills-Titans game. Uh, 58%. You know what? This is a show-me game for the Bills. Bills beat uh, beat the Chiefs. Yep. Uh, Titans are all right. It's on the road Monday night. Um, if they're the favorites to win this whole thing or at least get there, uh, you win this ball game. Yep. Have to. I think they will. I, I almost think the show me game was the last week against the Chiefs, uh, which they won. Um, but the Vikings three. Oh, 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 like similar to Iowa, they yeah. beat Penn State. Now can you beat fucking Purdue? Th- All right, you beat the Chiefs. Now can you beat the Titans? Do you know now that Purdue has nine wins against top two ranked opponents? I that's like the most ever. I saw yes. that. Here's Big Wyoming run you big some bitch. Um, I saw, I heard during the game, they had the most wins ever against number two ranked teams, which yes. is a very, very random stat. Yep. yep. Not one, number, not, not top five, not uh, number one, but uh, specifically the second ranked team in the country. Okay. So, I mean, Can you imagine, though, you know, just very like, weird. you could probably give even the biggest college football fans, like, 20 guesses, and Purdue would not come to mind for that. No, no, very weird. Very you think of an SEC team or yeah, you know, good good for Purdue. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, uh, there's uh, uh, I gotta say, Sam Darnold, fucking awful, yeah. fucking awful. Yeah, Chris McCaffrey's not there, but I mean that was that was some of the worst quarterbacking I've seen 
And there were a couple drops here and there. Yeah, multiple drops. Some, some scrambling and throwing in the coverage. Uh, terrible. Uh, Cousins missed the one big throw to Jefferson early. Would have been a 50-yard score. Yep. Uh, hit Thielen later on. The touchdown to Thielen in the corner was insanity. Yep. Very low percentage outcome, and it was a touchdown, and game winning touchdown was a good one. So, and our boy Herndon with the what it was a two point conversion touchdown. I even forget. Yeah, it was a touchdown. It was his first catch as a Viking. And it was a touchdown. So probably his only catch. Wait, wait, so. That, that, that fourth, uh, that fourth, the uh, the fourth round pick yeah, is pick. really paying off there now with that uh, yeah. touchdown. So they won a game. I didn't think they were going to win. I agree. Somehow, so you know. Sure, they'll be in the mix till the end and, and lose it like they do, but I need something to spark my Vikings interest and much as I like Zimmer, so I don't know. Hate to say time to go for him, but something something needs to change. I mean, new faces all the time, but it's the same results and mm-hmm. I don't know. Something something's gotta change. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, at least I'm just very happy that there's a third wide receiver option now and a weapon yeah. that they have in KJ Osborne. You know, because forever it, it was, you know, Thielen and then Jefferson was magnificent and he still is. It, don't get me wrong; like it's great to have that one-two punch, but it's like okay, apart from those guys, what what else do we have? Well, now the Vikings have KJ Osborne and he has really picked it up this year, um, so that's good. Other games of no, it was really it was a blowout. Oregon, what was he drafted? Let's see. Who? He was a pick. Yeah, from Miami. From the U. From Miami. Anyway, I just... Vikings have really good luck with receivers. Yep. Um, the overall, a pretty boring day of football. Patriots-Cowboys was wildly entertaining. Trevon Diggs, Stefan's brother, another pick six. He's the defensive player of the year right now going away. Uh, the, the Cowboys end up winning that game. Uh, they... they Annihilated the the Patriots in the time of possession. Feel like they they had like thirty four plays in Patriots territory, and the Patriots had like thirty plays overall for the game at some point. And the Patriots were up fourteen to ten. It was it was just absolutely crazy. So I, I only saw the, the very end of this game. Didn't see any of it at all. So how the hell were, was New England able to be competitive in this game? Well, the, a couple of turn the, the one time the Cowboys went for it on downs um, that was early in the game. They had a fourth and goal from the one, and Dak tried to, uh, like, leap over the pile, and it got punched out, and the Patriots recovered. Um, there was a missed field goal that the, by Greg Zerline, and Mac Jones and the Patriots just kind of took advantage of, of some of those opportunities there. Um, then they had the pick six, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, the, you know, all the Patriots had to do was run the clock out, and they, they would be fine. A lot of people were upset that Mike McCarthy, it was a fourth and one, and he sent out the field goal team, like, three minutes left, and they're like, why would you, you run the ball there on fourth and one and whatnot? It's like, oh, I mean. They got a good kicker, so. Yeah, I, but people are like, oh, his clock management's bad. You know, get down further, just win the game on the last second field goal, so it's 23-21, whatever. Okay. That's fine. Um, but then after the pick six, uh, the very next play, Mac Jones hits uh, Kendrick Bourne for a touchdown right. on Trayvon Diggs. And then uh, the Cowboys drove down, got the, the field goal, and then they ended up winning it in overtime. So wildly entertaining game. Uh, Dallas wins that one. But apart from that, it was a very boring week of football, except for what transpired 
Thursday night in the Eagles-Buccaneers game. Late, we have an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and Twitter's losing its collective mind here. Like, oh, NFL, you got to get rid of the taunting penalty. Just for perspective here, it's 28-22 Buccaneers over the Eagles. It's late. Um, the, foul, or the, the, the Buccaneers have the ball. It's first and ten or something. Leonard Fournette runs to the left, tackled after a two-yard gain, and Avery, linebacker for the Eagles, kind of looks like he's standing over him, jawing at him. Well, you, you can't do that. And some people are saying, well, Leonard Fournette kind of, like, walked into him. Well, he's turning around. He doesn't know where Avery is. He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head. He's still kind of looking over. It's like it's a two-yard gain. And then I... Back and forth with some people on Twitter, like, oh, you hate fun and all this stuff. It's like, no, I don't. The players know the rules, though. You made a tackle for two yards. Like, I understand, like, a big play, like a, uh, like a celebration, but don't do it around the player. It's not that hard of a concept. I just, I don't understand why. There's one thing, like, oh, it's the no fun league. No, it's just they don't want taunting. They don't want things to escalate. And you don't need to jaw over a player just because you make a fucking tackle on a two-yard play. I was going to comment on that and say that it's become very apparent recently that people have a hard time following the rules. The simplest of rules. So it, It's just, it's not that hard. You can celebrate a big play. Just don't celebrate in front of a player. like you, Or over a player. It's not hard. It's like, they just don't do it. You know the rules. Like, don't even attempt anything that would be close to it. Go on the sidelines, go way off the field, do something. K.J. Osborne took off his helmet and just threw the damn thing. Yeah. Like, all right. But he knew it was a touchdown. Was, so, I mean, that that was after the play, but, I mean. The game was done. If that was during the game, I'm sure that would have been a penalty. Yeah. After a normal touchdown. Yeah. Well, this was the end of the game, so it didn't matter. So, you can do whatever you want. So, don't, yeah, don't, don't do dumb stuff. Just don't do it. So I, I just I don't understand why why people are like oh they can celebrate it's fine to celebrate a big play, but just don't do it around the player. And again in this situation it was a two yard gain. Oh congratulations you stopped him after a two yard gain. Be one thing if it was a sack. Just shut up. Like it's it, it's not hard. It it really isn't. So that that aside then the big story then from the from the NFL is the John Gruden situation. Uh, We touched on it a little bit last week, and then news broke during Monday Night Football, after we had already recorded the podcast, that he was fired because of these uh, homophobic, uh, misogynistic emails, uh, transphobia, transphobic emails that he had sent to former Washington football team President Bruce Allen, uh, stemmed from the ESPN day. So he had to go. But he's kind of the scapegoat in all of this because the NFL just won't release the emails from their investigation into the Washington football team culture there. It's 650,000 emails, and they should just release them. They're trying to hide something. Now, more and more are leaking out. Jeff Pash, the NFL, like, he's a big lawyer in the NFL front office. He's, like, second in command to Goodell. He is looked a little chummy with... Uh, Bruce Allen, he doesn't look good in this. Maybe he'll get canned. It's just like, I, I don't know what the NFL's doing, but they look very, very bad in this. You know, Gruden deserved to be fired for what he did. But the NFL looks it's ridiculous for not 
getting these emails released? I don't know if I said this last week, but I don't know who released them and why they went after Gun Gruden. I think they said that, yeah, that's the only person in this thing that like, nobody else has been implicated. Not, which... Well, Pash, Pash is now, um, sure. just because of the emails released on Friday, I think last Friday, uh, showing, you know, like, oh, uh, something about, like, you know, trying to do a negotiate a deal or something with, and, like, doing the Lord's work or something. Like, it's like, Pash is, it's just too, too friendly, too chummy with, with a, with a team that you're supposed to, like, be investigating the culture and everything. It, he looks bad in this, so I think at some point he might have to step down. But overall, it's just, I don't, the NFL's hiding behind this idea that they have to, that they can't do it for confidentiality purposes. Well, if there's nothing. Well, already happened. So it's like somebody released it. Somebody wanted John Gruden fired. Yeah. They got that accomplished. There's other stuff in there that could get other people in trouble. They'll probably never know about it. And um, it's more garbage from the NFL. So interesting deal where, like, his he should probably be done forever. Yes. One of those deals where. Yeah, he is. No more coaching. No more announcing. Like you're just done. You might surface years from now doing something. Mm-hmm. But he should probably be done forever. I I don't know if he'll be able to get back like in the broadcast booth. So I don't think he will. I think he's done. He is a he is too much of a of a of a cancer now in the NFL. Uh, he's too much of a. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. He he can't he, he can't go. It, he's toxic. He's too toxic now. And I think the NFL, if they really want to. They're starting to have a t- pretty toxic. I mean, Washington. Get Daniel Snyder needs to sell that team. Like it's it's bad. They had sixty two. Per- I checked the attendance um, for their Sunday game against the Chiefs in part because it looked like a ton of Chiefs fans there because you know Chiefs Kingdom travels incredibly well. Then it, then the whole Washington debacle with them retiring Sean Taylor, the late Sean Taylor's. Uh, number because it's 14 years ago that he got murdered in a botched robbery attempt at his home. Uh, they announced that they were going to retire it like three days before the kickoff, and it's like, oh, like you want to give fans because he's a beloved member of you know Washington's football team, the history. Like fans loved him, and for them to just. Announced it three days ago. Oh, we meant to do this earlier. We're sorry. Like you're trying to distract from the emails that are now servicing up and and putting more of a, a spotlight back on you and the terrible franchise that you are and the culture and what you do to women and stuff. It's just it's so bad that that organization probably if we could just dissolve it, I think that would be good. That would be best for the league. But. Um, Something's got to happen either with the team or with the NFL. I don't, it, it's just a very bad look for them, and I hope the pressure uh, get, keeps getting put on them. I don't know if it will, but it seems like enough people are upset by this that they'll keep pushing and prodding the NFL until they actually release the emails or more of them. We'll see. I don't expect anything to happen. I think this... Dan Patrick was saying, is this the beginning of a big story or is this the end of a big story? And we'll see. I think this is the end of Maybe get the pressure off of him. Yeah. Good for him. Win in a game. Terrible first deal. Did what, see, what a damn deal. Did you see what he said about the the atmosphere, like the the the, win, the locker room after the win? He said it equals no. that of an of winning a national championship game. 
You're a fucking idiot, Irvin. You're a goddamn idiot. <laughs> oh, it's just the emo. Yeah, the emotional locker room was like a title win. It was that of a title win in college? So, oh, whatever, Irvin. I mean. <laughs> Good game, I guess, for London people. The, the Charlie's Dolphins are just terrible, and taking Tua looks like such a big mistake. Uh, taking him over Justin Herbert. The Eagles, the Eagles get their first round pick. Yes, they do, and they the get, Eagles get three. Yeah, what else they get? The Colts, the Colts, and that Carson Wentz deal. So go Eagles. Good, good trades for them. Yeah, no kidding. They will have three first round picks probably. Yep. Oh, yeah, and potentially three top ten picks, depending on how Oh, yeah, three, three top ten, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so that looks good for them. Anything else stand out to you from uh, this week, uh, week six? My Chargers, my new favorite team, the Chargers, did not play well. No, they did not. No, they didn't. Uh, but, uh, Baltimore, that, that was, uh, watched that, a little bit of that Monday night game, and that was certainly... Certainly impressive by Mr. Jackson. Could, could, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lamar played absolutely fantastic, but the Colts choked that game away. And to be fair, I think if Rodrigo Blankenship was healthy, they win that game. Mm-hmm. He makes one of the one of the two field goals in there because uh, he was battling a hip injury. So that was exciting, and they crushed the Chargers. So Chargers coach was my new favorite person. I think his name Brandon, Brandon Staley. Is that his name? Yes, it is. I think I should. I, hopefully, I can remember that. He was, uh, they went for it. I saw they went for it on a fourth and one from their own 19. Uh, they didn't get it. So they gave the Ravens ball to 19. But I, I love it. At the at that point, I think they were down 24 to six in the third quarter. And unless you're playing Minnesota, <laughs> like your chances of winning that game down 24 to six in the third, you're not likely to win that game. Nope, no, you are not. So, you know what? Fourth and one from your 19, why not? You lost anyway. Punting there, what does that get you? Nothing. So, I like that. I hope he continues to do stuff like this, because once in a while it'll pay off. Mm-hmm. So, hope the Chargers... Hope the Chargers are good, because yeah. their coach does good stuff. Well, think about the, the change in narrative and perception of this division... You know, from last week where it was like, oh, it's the Chargers, they're so good. And what, what's wrong with the Chiefs? And for that first half against Washington, it did not look good. And the Chiefs just keep getting in their own way with all these turnovers. And Mahomes threw one of the worst interceptions you will ever see. Uh, he had fumbled the snap and he tries to just throw it. It's just like a lame duck that throw, like that goes up five yards uh, downfield and like 10, 15 yards in the air. It was, it was so bad. But they rally in the second half. They look good. The defense looked a lot better. It's against Washington, so I can't say for sure if this is a sign of things to come. But Denver has now lost three in a row because they've played good teams, not like the shit that they played the first three weeks. The Raiders got that big win at Denver. So now it's the Raiders and the Chargers who are tied, but the Chiefs are just a game back along with the Broncos. So it's very easy to see. It's just it flips so quickly there, and now you look at it like the NFC West. Everyone was saying that was the best division in football, and the 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 Seahawks are now two and four. Russell Wilson's out uh, a month, maybe two, with the with the hurt finger. Um, the 49ers, they have their own issues. It's the Rams and the Cardinals. I mean, who would have thought the Cardinals would have been six and zero at this point in the NFL's lone undefeated team? 
No one. The Browns have taken a massive step back the last couple of weeks, but that's because they're riddled with injuries right now. Kareem Hunt's going to be out for a few weeks. Baker Mayfield's got a dislocated shoulder. Uh, Landry's out. Nick Chubb's already got a, a, a calf injury. So they are just beat up uh, along pretty much everywhere. Uh, so that sucks for them, but the Bengals look good, the Ravens look good, the Steelers are brought back to life a little bit. I dare I say the AFC North is probably the best division in football as of now. The AFC North? The AFC North. Is the best division in football? Right now. Buffalo? Miami? Miami's bad, the Jets are bad. Patriots aren't good. Well, you mean the worst division? No, no, they're the AFC East. The Bills are the AFC East. The AFC North is the Ravens, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Steelers. Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Okay. The winner of the AFC South will be under 500. Okay. I like that. I think that's, uh, yeah. I could definitely see that. Let's see the Titans lose tonight to Buffalo. They'd be 3-3. Three and three. Mm-hmm. We've got the Chiefs next week at home. Three and four. They're at the Colts. It's winnable. And then they're at the Rams. They play, also, they play, uh, they'll probably win enough. They'll probably win nine or ten, but, you know, that, that could be a kind of an icky division mm-hmm. for a while. Okay. Oh, they did the old uh, fucking, they did the, the, they did the goddamn Music City Miracle again, but they threw it forward. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Same teams, they did it, but the pass was well forward. That's incredible. Michelle That's incredible. Michelle Beisner Buck, uh, Joe Buck's wife, uh, does um, uh, like a story for Monday Night Countdown and stuff, and she actually did one with uh, our old pal Jeff Fisher. I don't know why I say our old pal. It's not like either of us know him, but Jeff Fisher because uh, uh, he was the head coach of the Titans then. That was the year they went to the Super Bowl against the Rams. Um, it's up, by the way, um, so it was Kelsey and my anniversary on Saturday. We went to see, thank you. Thank you. Uh, six years. Hard to believe it's been six years already. Um, we went to see the last duel, uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Fantastic film. Really loved it. Um, it's based on a true story about, you know, the 14th century crime. It's, It's just awesome. Awesome movie. But they one of the previews was for the the Kurt Warner movie. Oh, does and that not look just awful? It does. It I I wanted. Oh my to, god! I I bought that that his autobiography uh, in the last Shelby first, and that is one of my favorite autobiographies that I've read and stuff. It was a great book, but when I see the people who are portraying like. Dick Vermeil is being played, I think, by Dennis Quaid. It just looks t- like nothing like him. And whoever's playing Kurt Warner doesn't look like him at all. I'm like, okay, any any desire to see this movie has been is done. It's over for me now. I don't want to see this movie because the actors just don't even look remotely close to these people. It's just awful. It is not. These pictures I've seen it looks bad. It looks really, really bad. Mm-hmm. So. Terrence is not a good week for the NFL. No, not, not. Nope. Not, not good. Not good games. It doesn't look like not good games. Uh, dare I say the best game is 
uh, Chiefs Titans. That could be something. Yes. We do. It's it is Revenge Week though in the NFL. Um, you have Matthew Stafford going against Jared Goff Lions uh, Rams. So that's interesting. Oh. There you have. The Texans playing the Cardinals, so DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt get to go against their former team. So that's that's somewhat interesting there. Uh, okay, that's about it. Also, apparently the Titans faked doing the, the uh, Music City Miracle on a previous kickoff. Oh, they did. They doing it. He pumped fake. The returner pumped fake like he was passing for, for whatever reason. Uh, and this was well forward. And I... I, I can you recall? I, I've never really seen that play since, have we? No. No. I don't. A play that actually worked, and this time it did work. It picked up another 20-some yards. The pass was just two yards forward. So something that actually worked. Like, I don't know, Joe Webb? I think Joe Webb's done playing football, is he not? I think so. It, yeah. And then as a kick returner, he's not very good, but then you could have him throw somebody to throw the ball yep. uh, backwards. That'd be uh, why people don't use it. I, I don't know. It, it, it works. Mm-hmm. It seems like it works more than uh, more than other things. I like when they have a player laying in the end zone. Yes. And then, you know, they kick off or punt. Uh, you know, there's a punt, and then all of a sudden this guy comes out of nowhere and gets the ball and and runs. It's just fantastic stuff. By the way, you want to know the lines of the Lions-Rams game and the Texans-Cardinals game right now? Are they the same? No, they are not. But they are significant. In fact, Bears-Bucks is also ungodly. Um, a lot of blowouts, potentially. Yeah. Some of those things we've got to cover. So what, Rams are at home? Rams are at home, yes. I'm going to say 14. 15. 15 point favorites. Very good. Uh, Texans Cardinals. What's the what's the spread? Do you think? At Arizona. At Arizona. Yes. Sixteen and a half. Seventeen. You are very very good. And then Bears Bucks. This is the one that surprises me the most. Ten. Thirteen and a half. Um, I would I would take the Cardinals. I would I would take the seventeen, or I would give the seventeen. I think the, the Cardinals are going to beat the Texans by more. Uh, that Lions-Rams game is a little more dicey to me. I feel like the Lions are going to try and do whatever they can to beat uh, the Rams for Jared Goff. Wouldn't that be something if the Lions win one game this year, it would happen to be against the Rams? Wouldn't that be something? Let's revisit this next week. I will take all three underdogs to cover. Okay. I, lean, I, I will take those. I'll for sure take the Rams and the Oh, the underdogs to cover. Yes, okay. and hoping, hoping that I win at least two out of three. Okay, so you're going to take the Lions, Texans, and the Bears. Yes. Okay, all right. We will revisit this then um, next week. At least, at least one of them have to cover. One of them, one of them please cover the spreads. I would say it would probably be the... Um, 17 points is one. I, I think it. I think the Bears would cover more than the Texans, but because the Texans could be down, you know, twenty-four late, and then they score a cheap touchdown. And, you know. We will. We will see in a week of potential a lot of blowouts. Oh, intercepted Buffalo. I mean, go come, Buffalo. Go. Doggone it! I, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm in I line for. Buffalo. I'm in line for most for highest points this week. 
Yeah. But uh, the guy I'm going against, I think I'm up by like 50 right now. And I should win. It shouldn't even be oh, a yeah. problem. But he's got the Bills defense and, and Tyler Bass. So if Bass kicks like three, oh. 50 plus field, I'm just saying it could happen. I, I've seen... I've seen crazier things happen. You're 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 fine. I, I hope so. I hope so. So that yeah, when Leonard Fournette, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, how about him? Yeah, what a he, he he's been saving my team. Darren Waller hasn't done much for me since. Um, I got JD McKissick. I'm going to have to insert him into the starting lineup here this week. Austin Eckler's been fantastic for me. Apart from I feel this like last I week, I drafted him. I think I drafted him. Uh, and a then a uh, couple uh, years ago, JD McKissick. Yeah, yep, J.D. McKissick. So they him, and then week one, he didn't do anything, so I just let go. Yeah, no, J.D. McKissick has been a, a revelation for me So, um, in, in, in previous stints. So, hopefully, yeah. uh, I didn't start him this week. I probably should have, Then I, but uh, we'll see. It should still get the, um, the week. I picked up a couple defenses in preparation of my Jets for the next month. <laughs> good good yeah. on you. Uh, I told Kelsey to pick up the Rams defense or put a waiver in. She did, and oh they got a, a ton of points against the Giants. And then they got the Lions, so do that again. Yep. Giants got a clean house. They're bad. Um, something that still irritates me, just teams don't even try anymore in third and 10, third and 15, just these quick passes to the receivers. Or a draw. At the line of scrimmage. Yep. It's third and ten. Let's do a quick pass at the line. Let's see if this receiver can run ten yards through five different guys. Uh, they don't even try. It's stupid. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. At least the Vikings first half. At least the Vikings tried at the end of the half. They didn't get anything. At least they tried. So try, try as we may. Indeed. Uh, college football next, or do we want to get to baseball? Yeah, college football. Okay, so uh, this week, not a ton. Ha- more stuff happened off Where's the field. game day? Where's game day at this week? Game day is in L.A. for Oregon-UCLA. Jesus Christ. Not good, but uh, better than, I guess... I mean, there isn't there isn't a good game this week, really. Um I mean, this last week, Purdue with the tweet of the year, saying that we just beat the number two out of number two Iowa. It's just obviously in reference to a poop joke there and stuff. Very, very good. Um, excellent job there by them. Charlie's Huskers. That was amazing. That was amazing. That offense sucks. They played three quarterbacks. Or Purdue was playing three quarterbacks. This O'Connell fucking tore him up. Just waiting, just waiting for Iowa. Just waiting for them to, to do something, and they never did. Uh, Georgia beat the crap out of Kentucky. Kentucky, though. Yeah, Kentucky, it was it somewhat competitive. It was, it was, it was but Kentucky. If you had taken the points, you won. Or you gave, you yeah. You if you had given the points, you were very upset with four seconds left. Because uh, Kentucky and a half covers the deal. Yeah, uh, Kentucky covers that. So Purdue loses to Minnesota. So does that mean Minnesota's better than Iowa? Yeah, Minnesota's good. But even though and Minnesota, Nebraska, I mean Nebraska, this was a this was a show me something Nebraska. If you're any good, you beat Minnesota, and they didn't. Yep. And not they're not going to a bowl game, and it's just 
Tanner Morgan looked really good in the first half and then terrible in the second half. A couple of underthrown balls, a couple of bad interceptions. Minnesota found a way to hang on to win, so that was big. Oklahoma State is undefeated. I don't understand it. Uh, they beat Texas 32-24. Arkansas has fallen off a cliff. And the game of the day arguably could be what took place in Baton Rouge right away in the early kickoff window there. LSU beats Florida 49-42. Uh... They run the ball incredibly well. Uh, the defense good. They gave up a Hail Mary. Hail Mary. I don't understand, Krenz, how teams are so bad at defending a Hail Mary. They Just hold. Hold and interfere, and they will never call it. Just, I mean, you got what, a dozen guys in the end zone. If you're a defensive back, just grab on the back of the guy's jersey so he can't jump. Right. They're not going to call that. They're not going to see that. Grab to his pants, grab to the back of his jersey, and just tug him. Or jump. Just jump. I mean, LSU had three guys in the end zone, and none of them, like, even came close to getting that that ball. And then we had a Hail Mary in the Browns-Cardinals game on Sunday. The Browns come down with it. It's like, come on, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Um, So it's, it's not good. Uh, We hate Baylor. Baylor beat BYU, though, in a a battle of uh, what we'll soon see as Big 12 opponents uh but the lsu game was was big and then eddie o is out so eddie, oh we're gonna get the hummer we're gonna pack it up i don't know where we're going we're gonna go we'll go somewhere though get uh, go get beignets on the way out of town we'll... no, I, was I was waiting for the beignets i'm like he hasn't said beignets yeah. gotta nope, nope, we gotta, we gotta say beignets for god's sake we gotta straight get the uh, straight hell great state of louisiana um edward you do that noah What's that? Can you add order on voice to Noah? I, I should. I should start doing it. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Look at this. I'm <laughs> uh, I get I, The people of LSU are just insane, but I get that it hasn't been great, and you have a lot of like academic issues and uh, some stuff off the field that haven't helped Ed Orgeron's cause, but... <laughs> To do it right after a win that you, maybe you think that the the tide is turning a little bit, that's just, I don't really get it. Timing was on after their best win. Because like last week I said, yeah, they're going to probably lose the rest of their games. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since I was on a hot streak a couple, <laughs> couple weeks ago, I've been on a cold streak with these games. Yeah, I thought, yeah, they're going to lose the rest of their games. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read the article that came out. They were detailing shit he did and things like this. You know, he won it. What, what a season. What a season, though, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go out on that, I guess. And He's probably going to take some time off here. I'm sure he'll surface somewhere. Yep. But I'm glad he won a national title. I'd love to see him at uh, Vanderbilt. Jesus Christ. <laughs> see what he could do at, uh, with the Commodores there. I think that would be... Wildly entertaining, and so let's you know. Speaking of Vanderbilt in the state of Tennessee, what the hell happened in Knoxville on Saturday night? Oh, between Tennessee fans are terrible people today. There's yeah. no, there's no defending a University of Tennessee fan who was at that game. I get there's a lot of emotion with Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin coming back, and Ole Miss appeared to be faking injuries and whatnot, but. You know, it's fourth and twenty-four. The pass to the tight end. I thought it in. In real time, I thought he had made it, and then you look and you don't even see him extend the ball across the you know the line. He just tucked it into his body, so it's it's clearly short. 
as much as I wanted to see Tennessee win because I had picked them to beat Ole Miss, that you throw garbage oh, on them. You want against our Ole Miss squad? I picked against. Oh, yes. how dare you? How I, dare you? I did because I just thought that Josh Heupel's offense was rolling, and I oh. thought they would be able to take out an Ole Miss team that had to play to the final whistle against. Arkansas the week before. I thought maybe you know I could catch lightning in a bottle with Tennessee, um, and then you know to throw golf balls and trash onto the field. It's just what are we doing, Tennessee? And they only got fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. Fine them two hundred fifty million. I mean it's they're two point five. Oh, I have that. That's why I'm. It uh, is. I know that's being facetious. Like stiff penalty. I feel like two hundred fifty million would be too much. Okay, I know. I was being facetious with that. You know, two and a half million dollars though. Like something. They're two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They they uh um fine universities a hundred thousand dollars for storming the field. You want to talk like throwing shit at at teams and at the that the coaches and whatnot and people and putting people safety. At risk, you know, throwing trash onto the field has got to be worth more than a quarter of a million dollars. It was bad. I saw the I, I saw the very end of that. And I'm like, look at this shit. They're throwing shit in the field. No, so, good fold missed to win that game. Not nearly as many points as people thought. The under was like 82. Yeah, I thought it would be over. Well, I mean, when you ever get those big numbers, that's always tough. Mm-hmm. Old Miss got LSU next week. Win that one. You got Auburn. You got A&M. I'm open for you know, open for a win uh, win every week. But I mean, uh, maybe just if you can go ten and two, that'd be really good. Yeah, I so, ain't picking well, against Ole Miss here going forward. But I, I thought just, I just thought Tennessee would do it. Yeah, I thought I'd try Tennessee once. Nope, I can't go back. Indiana almost beat Michigan State. Yeah, what a garbage game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. Uh, Michigan State's not the ninth best team in the country. Probably. It just seems like a lot of t- like I don't know like Oregon at ten doesn't impress me. Oregon beats Cal by seven. Yeah, in in <laughs> Eugene, that's uh, not good. It would have been bad. In Oklahoma, I think uh, I think their quarterback might be that spark they needed to get rolling here because that first half of TCU, I'm like, all right, here we go again, here we go again, and finally they pulled away. Bills dropped it. Um, you know, all these, all these, uh, big 10 teams are going to get knocked off sooner or later. And mm-hmm. our, our dream of maybe two big 10 teams and then the playoff that's dead. Thanks to our Iowa team. So I don't know. It just feels like it's going to be the same old, same old. No, Cincinnati's, Cincinnati's getting in there what? this year. Cincinnati's getting in. I hope so. But you feel like it's Georgia, it's Oklahoma, it's Alabama. And if not, Ohio State's waiting to, waiting for a spot. Mm-hmm. So, Stack, and I'm looking here. I'm looking at a team that's undefeated. They're 6-0. They should win their next two. They should be 8-0. And if they are, they'll be a borderline top 10 team. Talking Oklahoma State? Talking Wake Forest. Oh, Wake Forest, yes. Talking Wake Forest at Army next week. Please beat Army. Oh, that, that's a tough. That's a tough game, Crins. I don't know if they'll if they'll beat him or not. You host Duke. You got to beat them. Duke, yep, you'll beat Duke. You're at North Carolina, which is iffy. Then you got NC State, Clemson, Boston College. So Wake Forest is really the only hope. ACC's got you got Pittsburgh. Pitt is five and one. Mm-hmm. 
We've got Clemson this week, and um, we have a Pitt Wake Forest ACC I don't know what the spread is on this. Is this this week? Yes, it is. This is at home at two thirty. I'll pick Pitt to beat Clemson. Clemson fucking sucks. They're terrible. Just terrible offensively. It. I watched they, parts of that game against Syracuse, and it was it was bad. It was like, tough to watch. And, and every week I look up, and there are two touchdown favorites. I'm like, who the fuck is betting on Clemson to win, let alone cover? They are 0-6, I believe, covering the spread. Well, they have not covered the spread yet. Well, they are not favored this week. Uh, Pitt's a three-point oh, well. favorite. So. Yep. Three-point spread, so that, thank God. And they should lose at Pitt. Yep. Dabble's got to change things up a bit on, uh, you know, utilize the transfer portal and be a little more flexible. But, yeah, it doesn't uh, doesn't look good. And, uh, yeah, UCLA is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Oregon. That's not a really? surprise there. Um, and we have breaking news on the Monday this Monday night from the college football world that uh, Washington State University coach uh, Nick Rolovich is out because he refused to get vaccinated. So, uh, Washington, the state of Washington required all state employees to be vaccinated by October 18th. He is not. He tried for a religious exemption, which is absolute. Uh, it's horseshit. It's yeah. It's horseshit. It doesn't. It, it shouldn't exist. It's not. It, there's nothing really out there. Multiple <laughs> religious experts have said that. So it's just a complete bullshit excuse. And Rolovich is out. So um, good for him. Uh, get his ass out of there. He wasn't very good anyway. Um, and way to be a leader amongst uh, your team. Way to, way to show uh, what a true leader's like. Fuck him. I agree with all that. I don't like all that. What do you think the spread is for Minnesota, Maryland? Mm, I, I'm, I'm not looking at it. It's at, it's at Minnesota. It is at Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota two and, a, uh, two and a half point favorites for Minnesota. Five point favorite. Ah, you're much better at this than I am. Uh, no, I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, they were probably their favorite. Um, Coastal Carolina App State Thursday night. Um, Ooh, a little Sun Belt action. Coastal Carolina four point favorite. App State really shit the bed last week. Sure did. Against, uh, they played Louisiana. Now, to be fair, uh, that is a very difficult two game stretch. Both of those on the road at. Um, no, this is at this is in Boone. So never mind. Yeah, it is at App State. So maybe they can bounce back with a win. Uh, Wisconsin's only a three-point favorite at Purdue. Um, I'm going to take Purdue to beat Wisconsin. That's uh, two not very good teams, but it's it's intriguing, I would say, mm-hmm. to say Purdue. There goes Derrick Henry for an 80-yard touchdown. So wow, I think that cemented your status as a winner of the week. Right. Do, do I have to worry about you? I don't want you to, to get high points. There's a possibility here, right? I'm not gonna catch you. I can, what do you what do you got? 180 points? 179, yeah, it's 179.8. I need what do I need? Twenty? You need where are you at right now? You're at one thirty. Yeah, I can't. I'm not gonna catch you. Okay. Well. well I mean there, there's yeah, not a lot out there. A couple a couple like Purdue, Wisconsin, I'm see if I'm interested in that. So. Yeah, the real stuff comes on the weekend of Halloween. That's the big stuff there. Huh. Um so, yeah, there we go, big... Uh, it just seems like all these teams in the top ten just aren't top ten teams. Mm-hmm. Like Michigan, Michigan State, they just don't seem like 
oh yeah, they're 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 fine, but they just don't seem legitimate. Oklahoma State, like Oklahoma State, they should win out until they play Oklahoma. But yeah. teams slip up all the time, like like Iowa. Yep. The, if you slip up to Kansas, that's that's not a good look on you. Not a good look. Yeah, uh, yeah UTSA seven and zero. Yep. The SMU is six and zero. San Diego State is six and zero. So there's quite. It seems like there's a lot of teams outside the Power Five still undefeated. Two winless teams remain because UConn got the big win over Yale, twenty-one fifteen. Even though they blew a twenty-one nothing lead, had to survive late. Arizona and UNLV are winless. And your Arizona State team, after I complimented them last week, shit the bed at Utah. I really thought I went to bed at halftime of that game. It was 21-7. I'm feeling really good. Wake up the next day and just see, yeah, that was a bad, bad, bad loss for my uh, for uh, for my Arizona State squad. Uh, Herm Edwards, make some better halftime adjustments. That's for sure. Uh, baseball playoffs are going on, and my World Series pick... My World Series series of the Giants and Rays, well, both those teams lose in the first round, so that wasn't good. Uh, the, the big controversy surrounding Giants-Dodgers, the check swing at the end, it was not. It, it just wasn't. But, he did check the swing. Yeah, Yeah, they called it a strike. It, it, he checked his swing. He, what? They, they called it a strike. That's got to be a reviewable play, I think, because it's, it's fairly easy to do. Did, it, did he check his swing or not? Uh, so they've got to make a change there. It was, so it was a very anticlimactic way to end that series, but the Giants weren't... It was 0-2. It was 0-2 count. It wasn't like this was a 3-2 count and they would have gotten runners on first and second. He was in an 0-2 spot. So for all the, the complaining out there, it's not... I feel like it's a little unwarranted. Yes, it was a very bad call, but the Giants weren't likely to win at that stage in the game anyway. No, two outs, bases loaded, and Wilmer Flores, not a good hitter. Two strikes, like you, fine. Give him another pitch. He's gonna strike out. So it's you got to get the call right. But a good game. I saw some of it. I had to go to bed about six, seven, ten. And I'm like, this, this is pitchers' duels can be entertaining when this is a when these are the two best teams. That's kind of what you expect. So Dodgers did some uh, some unique pitching decisions in that game. So. They ended up working out. And how about the Braves Dodgers series thus far? The Braves with two walk off wins. I went to, I went to bed. I watched a lot of the of game two, and it was four two Dodgers. They were headed to the bottom of the eighth, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to shut it off right now. I hope the Braves win. I'm going to wake up, and it's going to be five four Braves potentially. Like that could, that's going to be the score. It's it's either going to remain four two or it's going to be five four Braves, and. I wake up, I check, and yep, oh my gosh, the Braves won in another walk-off. Uh, seeing the replay, or seeing the highlights of it, looked like it was a bad defensive play, perhaps, there by the Dodgers there at the end, or a little, well, a play that probably should have, because, what did you think? Because Rosario, I thought that, that his, right, he got the game-winning single, but should that play have been made by, I think, the second baseman there? I didn't see it. Okay. I, I just haven't seen any, the baseball's gone down the court. But I tell you what, the Braves winning, you know, two walk-offs over the Dodgers, that's highly impressive. It is. We'll see what happens. They go back to L.A. I hate that L.A., uh, I hate that Atlanta has a home field, I guess, because they're a division winner, I mm-hmm. guess. Yep. So I don't like that. Um, 
Boston, I mean, Boston seems destined to win this thing, I guess. Kiki Hernandez has 15 hits in five games in the playoffs. They have another grand slam tonight. They're up 6 nothing at the end of the second inning. Oh, my gosh. It is coming out of neck. Nobody picked them at the beginning of the season to do anything, and here they are, two two wins away from the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, No one picked them at the beginning of the season to do anything, and come the playoffs, like again, you just look at what they what happened that last week. They lost two of three to Baltimore before rallying to sweep the Nationals. They were down five one on Sunday. You lose that game, you're not making the playoffs. The Blue Jays are. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm. I'm just not interested. I'd be interested in Tampa Bay or Milwaukee. I don't. Again, you got married was the last time that Houston wasn't in the uh, championship series. So they've really? been in five years old. Wow. Um. Yeah. Think about that. Wasn't that, that the Kansas that, City that, was in the World Series? What weren't they the? When you got married, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was Royals Giants. Royals. Uh, yeah, that was Royals. Or was it Royals Mets? Royals Blue Jays was the ALCS. So they've been in the American League Championship Series five years ago. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. So I just don't. I guess of all the teams, I guess Houston by default. I, I wish they. I wish them well, but certainly not the Braves. Dodgers are frauds, and Red Sox I have no interest in that. So. Um. So yeah, I I, I want to see the Braves in there. I want to see them win it all this year. They're they're the team that I want uh, out of the four remaining. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, NBA tips off their season, and Krenz, I have a big proclamation to make here. We want you want like bold predictions, right? NBA bold prediction. Okay. I got two of them. One I feel much better about than the other. Um, but but here it goes. Okay. I think the Chicago Bulls are going to be a top four team in the East. My Bulls. Maybe I'll care about the Bulls if they're good. I think they're. I think they're going to be a four or five at the worst. Okay. I I think so. And so hear me out. You got Zach Levine, very good. Uh, um, Nikola Vucevic. He's a yep. a very good piece that they got in trade with Orlando last year. I've seen you got Lonzo Ball. We'll see what he can do, but I don't mind that. That piece, we'll see what DeMar DeRozan has in store. I think, again, that if he's not asked to do a ton, I think that's good. I just like what the Bulls have they've put in place there. They are the team that I think is the surprise in the East this year. Not in terms of them making the playoffs, but being up there like a higher seed. I would like the Bulls to be good. You know, on paper, it all looks pretty good. It does look pretty good. Now, my, I'm saying I, I feel so. I feel much better about the Bulls this year than I do with this next pick. But I'm going bold. The Minnesota Timberwolves are a playoff team this year. Jesus fucking Christ! I I'm telling you, I think it might be in the play-in tournament. In fact, I think that's where oh. I have them slotted. It's like seven or yeah. eight. Um, but they are a playoff team this year. Boy, cats! Their defense is going to be better. I think they played a lot better under the their coach after they fired. Who the hell is their coach? Well, I don't remember. He's from the Nick the the Nick Nurse uh, coaching tree. Who the tree. fuck is their coach? Uh, he he came from Toronto. That's all I know. Um, Who is it? Bruno Lang? No, no, no. I, 
No. Oh, this is, this is a soccer film. <laughs> um, let, let me get who their coach is, but I just think with Chris Car- Finch. Yes, Chris Finch, who they just hired from the middle of the season. Yep, because they fired. Finch. All right, I forgot about him. Because uh, he came, you know, he's from Nurse's oh. coaching tree there in, in Toronto. So I think Minnesota is going to put some more defense together. We got they got Patrick Beverly. Uh, that was the lone move they really made in the off season here. Uh, but you put him with Anthony Edwards, assuming D'Angelo Russell stays healthy, and you got Carl Anthony Towns if he can stay healthy. I think that they're going to put more of an emphasis on defense. They're going to be a better defensive team. They played better the last part of the season. I just think they are going to have what it takes. Cause I, I tell you right now, I'm not, so, I'm not um, sold on Portland this year. I know Damian Lillard's fantastic. Uh, CJ McCollum, yeah, that that's fine. Yusuf, uh, Yusuf uh, Nurkic, he's a good big man. I think Portland's got some issues though. Chauncey Billups is the new head coach there. We'll see what he can do. Oklahoma City. Billups, yeah. No, poor poor Rodney. I wonder if maybe Rodney's on his staff now that. University of Denver canned him. Um, but I, I think Minnesota can be better than that. Denver and Utah are the clear uh, favorites in that division. Oklahoma City just cares about accumulating first-round draft picks for the next dec- next decade. So give me the Minnesota Timberwolves there. I think the Southwest division is going to be awful. Dallas wins that division with Memphis fishing second. Our boy, our boy Zion Needs to stay healthy. He had foot surgery. I think New Orleans has some issues. Houston, not good. San Antonio, not good. In the Pacific, I'm waiting on the Kings. Uh, the Lakers should be good, but, you know, I mean, they're old. Very old team. A lot of injuries could happen to the older bodies. Golden State should be fine. The Clippers should be fine. So I've named, like, seven or eight teams. I think that the Timberwolves can get in that seven or eight spot there for the playoffs overall. I think they'll be among the three worst teams along with Houston and Oklahoma City. Okay. And that's why I said I think it's bold. I think, it is bold. It is bold. It um, is bold. I think Houston's going to be bad. San Antonio's going to be bad. Oklahoma City's going to be terrible. Still waiting on what the Kings are ever going to do. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm calling my shot, though. This that this that And it's so dumb to do it with a Minnesota sports team because they always disappoint. Yeah. But that's why I say I'm going bold here with this prediction. Um, putting together the NBA season preview for the blog. Uh, but the Bulls and the Timberwolves are the bold predictions for the year. Oh, boy. Yeah, that starts tomorrow. It does. Um, Lakers will be interesting because Russell Westbrook never wins anything. Um. I think the Lakers are going to win it. I think this might be LeBron's final. This is the 19th season. Crazy, isn't this it? Be, this will be his final, his final chance. So he had what ankle, ankle injury. Um, doesn't sound like he's gonna. I'm sure he miss games here and there, but it doesn't sound like he's gonna. Woman himself. So, how much longer can he go? I just wonder when the when the injury is going to happen for this team. I mean, I mean, you, you know, Anthony Davis touchdown bails, boom. You know, uh, you know, Anthony Davis is going to miss time. Yeah. LeBron's going to be thirty seven by the beginning of January. 
Um, and Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook. Russell was Westbrook, yep. Surprise, I guess. That was that was interesting. And all these older, they got all these older guys that aren't good anymore. So. Yeah, like, uh, like Carmelo. He's all right. Obviously, you know, this is it for him. And then you got Dwight Howard, who's about done. Um... Can the Suns? I mean, the Suns were the surprise last year. Can they? Can they do this again? They are not getting DeAndre Ayton uh, signed to an extension. They didn't come to an agreement there. Um, I think he's he's a restricted free agent after next year. I think. Yeah, so his time his time is coming to an end there, unless they can. I can't, and I was just so disappointed that Phoenix wore those black desert jerseys through the playoffs. Yeah, they gotta go back to the purple, right? They're my favorite. I think they're my favorite logo and my favorite jersey in all the sports. They're right there. I love the purple and the orange. I gotta go with the powder blues. I think of the Chargers. They're very good as well. Old Miss, Old yes. Miss is, is, is there too. Yep. I love you know Clemson's or Clemson. Clemson's got a good orange. Yep. Um, I love the Suns colors. Hopefully they do well. That, that division looks good. Golden State, Clay Thompson's back. Are they ever going to be any good again? I don't know. And uh, my Nuggets just uh, just continue to roll on and be to be just good enough. So, I'm looking at the, starting. I'm, I'm looking at the Lakers roster. Here. They have two 20 year olds. Then the next youngest, they have two 23 year olds. Okay, Malik Monk, fine. Uh, Austin Reeves. Good. I mean, Malik Monk is better. He came over from um, from Charlotte. Uh, then there's a 26-year-old Kendrick Nunn. He had a big game in the playoffs. Oh, I, I, I like him. He, what, he was with Miami last couple of years. I like him. Yep. Um, Anthony Davis is 28, and then after that, everyone is in their 30s. And yeah, DeAndre like, Jordan. You got Rajon Rondo, Trevor Ariza. It's just... A bunch of old dudes. Wayne Ellington, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, he's up there. Just a bunch of old dudes. That's why I don't know how good this team is going to be. How, like, how injured are they going to be? I mean, that's not a lot. That's not a lot of youth. They got to easily be the oldest roster, uh, average age, in the NBA, right? Got to be. When LeBron, when LeBron leaves a team, they they don't do well. So, if he plays a few more years, Anthony Davis will be 30, 31 by then. Yep. Like, what what becomes the Lakers? Does he finish his career with the Lakers? Does, does he go back to Cleveland just for shits and giggles? Like the swan song, so to speak. But does he does he wait for his kid to, to go pro and then just go to I think to he wants to play with his kid. I think he wants to play with his kid, yep. So, that'll be, that'll be interesting, but... Give uh, I'll give it I'll give it to the Lakers. I mean the Nets have got their issues. Kyrie Irving, yeah, can't play right now because at least he can't play games in New York, and he doesn't seem intent on. Uh, well, they're, they're, like, they're not going to. They said either you're playing or you're not. You're not going to play road games. That's what the Nets, I guess, came up with. And they said, either you're with us or you're not. So oh. figure it out. All right, well. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, like, when does this end? Does this end in a few weeks? Does this go on for months? Just a, a ridiculous, ridiculously selfish thing. And you just look at the East, like, there's nothing there. There's Brooklyn. 
There's Milwaukee, Philadelphia, no. Like what? I I think Atlanta, we can't discount Atlanta and what Trey Young did. I mean, Atlanta damn near got their last, which is yep. just ridiculous to me. And so Miami, Miami, they added some pieces. Kyle Lowry is there. Um, you know what? Maybe it's my Bulls time. Bulls, make, make me care. Make me care, Chicago. Oh, they will. They will. Um, right now, so I think what I have in the East, I have Brooklyn as the one, Milwaukee the two, Philadelphia the three, Atlanta four, Chicago five, New York six, no, uh, Miami six, New York seven, Charlotte eight, Boston nine, Indiana ten. Those will be your playoff teams. Bulls are not on TV a lot, so... Um, TNT's back inside the NBA. That's that's just the best. Mm-hmm. So, regardless of the games, they're back and they're they're just very you know, they're just they're just a good TV show. They're a good entertaining TV show. Absolutely. And, uh, Chuck- and I was seeing some of, the, some of the hockey stuff that's kind of bleeding over to the hockey side. Whatever they do at TNT, they just do every, they just do everything well. You look at what NBC did uh, with you know just the studio show, bland as shit. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the same people, but now TNT spices it up, and you got different stuff going on. It's they they know what to do uh, for entertainment. They do absolutely. I mean, Charles Barkley came on the pregame show last yeah. week uh, and took some shots against the great one, Wayne Gretzky. So that was uh, highly entertaining. And, and Marks and I talked a bunch last week about the shows and about like ESPN stuff. So we're we're excited for that, but yeah, whatever TNT touches is basically gold, so that'll be interesting there. So on the West, then, I am going with, oh, I haven't quite got there yet. I guess I have to go Lakers 1. I'm going to go Denver 2. I will go Utah 3. I'll go the Dallas, I'll go. I'll go. The Clippers four. Are Utah and Denver in the same division? Yes. Yeah. Work out? Does that? that they, I think they... so. I think so. I think they went away with it because I'm going to put the Mavericks at five. Um, or if I have to put the Mavericks at four, so be it. But the Mavericks four and five. Golden State six. Memphis seven, and I'll put the Timberwolves at eight. Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like the plan. The plan, I don't oh, like I know, it. I hate it too. Um, we don't need teams nine and ten competing. They're just not good. No, so. I will take. Um, I'll put Portland at nine, and I will put. Oh, I gotta get Phoenix in there too. Son of a gun. Um, I gotta, I gotta figure out the West. But Phoenix and, and I got Phoenix, Memphis, uh, Dallas, Minnesota, Denver, Utah, the the LAT. I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, but I'm gonna go with the with the NBA Finals of Lakers Nets, and I will take the Nets to win. So Lakers win against Fuck, I don't know. The East is just not good. I think the East is actually a little better this year than what what it's been in the past. We got the Bucks. 
which don't excite me at all. Atlanta's there. The Bulls should be better. The 76ers just can't win anything of importance. Ben Simmons is an idiot. We've known that for a long time now. Stupid asshole can't know. Doesn't know how to shoot. Now he doesn't practice because else he'd get fucking better. Well, don't you think? So. Don't you think that the arguably the two of the three biggest stories in the NBA this year are with the Nets and the 76ers? The Nets yeah, and the ben Kyrie Irving being stupid idiots. Yep, yep. The the saga with Kyrie Irving and then the 76ers with the Ben Simmons saga and what they do with him. I I expect him to get traded at some point during the year. And I and I also I'm gonna come out with another bold prediction. Say Bradley Beal gets traded some point during the season. Even though the Lakers traded all their good young players to the Wizards, I don't think the Wizards are gonna do much at all this year. No. Um. But I think, and then I want to see what the Lakers do because I think the I think injuries are going to play a significant part in this potentially with the Lakers just because they're old they're very very old so how how do the Lakers navigate through this season and what will the injuries be like for them that's what I want to see the Lakers Bucks okay MVP Luka Doncic. Oh, that's good. Um, I was going to go KD. I'll go KD with uh, Nikola uh, Jokic. Uh, two. Yeah, you want to right? Yep. Uh, Jokic, two. Uh, Doncic, three. The Bulls are going to be good. Zach Levine might be top five or something for MVP. Mm-hmm. Somebody knew we're in the conversation. Yep. Agreed. Um, that's it for me. Mitchell with a big win last week. Uh, uh, football there. Uh, you got one more game left, but a uh, good win last week for you. Yeah, they won. They beat Watertown. Keep their season alive. They played very well. They just played well the entire game, for the most part. Um, and when you win, and people kind of forget about the negative things you do because they had a couple of fumbles, but Watertown gave it right back on fumbles, so. Uh, when you have another team that, that does that, it's not not as bad. Uh, they play here on Thursday. They should win that game. And no shit, no shit, Wyoming threw a pick. When you say here on Thursday, who do they play on Thursday? Ha, ha, ha. No, I'm just kidding. Play on oh, words. I know it's not. They play Northern Iowa. Ha, ha, ha. That's who South Dakota State plays. Happy Hobo Day week, by the way. Happy Hobo Day week. So they play Huron, and they sh- they should win that game, and they got to win that game to make the playoffs. And I think they will. Uh, the way I got it figured out, if they lose, I don't think they're going to be in. But if they win, I think they're going to be the five seed. Okay. So it is a it's a big gap. Top eight teams make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll be the five if they win. And you do think they will beat Huron or no? They should be. They should beat Huron. Huron's not very good. Okay. Huron is not a good team. They should be favored to win that, and they should win that ball game. And so, I think they're gonna 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 play in a playoff game. All right, very good. Um, anything else we need to get to for say so long for the week? Yeah, let's see. I was going to mention um, SDSU. Uh, when's my wedding? June? No, I'm getting married. June 18th? Yeah, I believe Father's Day weekend, right? Game 7 of the finals is June 19th. 
So think about that. The finals will probably go at least five or six games. Mm-hmm. Like game six of the finals will probably be like the day before my wedding. Wow. So put that into perspective of, okay, I'm going to get married right when the NBA season is over. Or nine months from that. Wow. It's coming um, quick, isn't it? It's coming up. SDSU women got a couple of good recruits. Let's see. What the hell was it? It was. They got a girl from Mount Vernon Plankington. Uh, Emily Fox. She's only a freshman. But she's really good. So that's a name to keep an eye on. Emily Fox. Okay. We'll write that down in the black book. Emily Fox. She'll be going again. She's a freshman. She was very good last year. And she's already said, yep, I will be. I'll be. I'll, I'll be with SDSU. So that Excellent. was a good one. Excellent. And another one. I've not seen. I've not seen her play. Somebody I have seen play. Who? Me and Marcus saw this girl play last year, and we were big fans. She's also a freshman. She's a sophomore this year. Um, she came off the bench for O'Gorman. Her name is Molly Abdouche. Okay. And she's a. She was a freshman. She's just very long. Very long arms, it looks like. And she was a freshman off the bench, and you would watch her, and you'd be like, she's a freshman, she's really good. And Aaron Johnson must think so as well, because she's also going to go to SDSU. Okay. These are 2024 recruits. We're three years out. Emily Fox and Molly Abdouche. Very good. Well, they they keep it rolling. They keep the good teams, the good the good the good girls in the uh, in the deal. Yep. So, and they and they should be all right. So, agreed. And uh, that's Molly Abdouche had an offer from Green Bay. Oh well, there you go. Which is a another very good team. Yep. And, to and that uh, she she went with SDSU, so that's good. Excellent. Well, again, it's tough to okay. When you look at the, the area schools around here, it's USD, SDSU, and Green Bay. I'll probably put SDSU should be ahead of USD. But in the Midwest, if you're looking to play at a really good women's uh, school, women's basketball-wise, you're looking at those three schools, all three mid-majors. They're better than Just, any power five. Yeah. Iowa, I guess, right now is really good. Um, they have a freshman. Is it Caitlin Clark, I think her name is? She, Outstanding. Uh, watched that game when she had to go against Paige Beckers last year in, in UConn. Um, she's very good. So Iowa would be right up there. But, I mean, you could make the argument that Iowa and SDSU and USD are all kind of right in that same uh, that, that same rank in terms of great schools in the area. Just had an offer from Omaha, which obviously you're not going to go there. Uh, she got an offer from Colorado State. It's usually really good. Yep. Uh, she got offers from schools, and she picked SDSU. So I'm happy about that. Absolutely. Absolutely should be. Very good. Uh, anything else we need to get to? That should be good. Why not? All right. Just kind of waiting some guy in the football game. You know, he died. So we're waiting to get his carcass off the field. Ooh, that's not so. Good. So we will see. Not good at all. Well, uh, good job on fantasy this week. Please don't get high points. 
on me here. Don't let Derrick Henry run Rupshaw in the second half. Uh, enjoy this very cool weather that we have coming in. Wow, yeah. a little 50 or mid-50s. Uh, Black Hills got clobbered with snow last weekend. 18 to 20 inches? I mean, yeah, that's, that's absurd. They got a lot of snow. Yeah, west and uh, one more one more nice day tomorrow, and then it's going to be cold for the rest of the week. Fall, fall-like weather, and we love it. It is. Very good. All right, my friend. Uh, as always, thank you, and uh, we'll talk next week. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. As always, great stuff there. Um, yeah, so Vikings win that you know, that narrow game. We have all the college football, baseball playoffs, and the NBA. I, I think I'm yeah, uh, going to go Nets over the Lakers here. Uh, we'll have the, 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 the blog coming out here with the season preview here this week. So look forward to that. Uh, hockey's been good so far. We're going to bring traffic, or we weren't going to talk with Charlie, but I'm going to see if he's available and ask if he wants to talk some college football because the, the, these coaching things and what happened in, in in Knoxville, and then you have Baton Rouge and Iowa losing. I mean, how how do we just how do we decipher what's going on here in college football? So we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll recap Week Six, make some early picks for Week Seven. As well here in the NFL. That's all coming up here on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. It's available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Facebook Nathan Stack and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. It'll be shorter than the normal three hour or than the three hour uh, marathon we had last week. But coming up next, we'll see if we can get Charlie Hildebrand on, and then uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition here of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, available on podcast.com. More to come here on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, uh, big weekend college football just concluded, so who better to talk about it with than my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review and our resident college football expert, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how you doing? I'm good. I'm very good. Not as good as Georgia is right now. I was one of the teams that still want to take you know what? If you were a fan, though, who gave the points, you aren't very happy with Georgia right now. That's true. I feel like if you're a Georgia fan that did that, though, you're kind of dumb in the first place based off the way Georgia has kind of blown up in their face in big games at times. So. Well, maybe I you mean, were just betting the points anyway. Like, you don't have to be a Georgia fan, but you thought, you know what, Kentucky's D-line is down a bit. You know, Georgia's defense is incredibly good. Yeah, we're, we feel good about, uh, you know, the 21 and a half points, 22, whatever it was at kickoff. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the thought process, but yeah, you, you, if that was the case, and you picked Kentucky or you picked Georgia to cover, you probably don't get great So let's get to the the big stuff here. Uh, what happened in Baton Rouge on Saturday with LSU upending Florida forty nine forty two? They discover a ground game. Uh, they run for over 200 yards. I think the guy, like, I think they had a rush for, I think they said on the telecast, or on the game cast, like 565 yards or under 600 yards rushing for the entire season, and then they just go off on Florida. Uh, they were in control pretty much the whole first half and then give up that inexplicable Hail Mary at the end of the first half. I, I, terrible defense. But LSU comes out with a big win. Uh, they, they fought for Coach O. They won the rivalry game. And then, yeah, that was a big story there at the time. So what did you make of LSU's win over Florida? 
I mean, it was a it was a good win for them. I did not think they were going to win. I don't think at any point they actually thought they were going to win, especially after Florida gagged against LSU the year before with the throwing shoe game. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the craziest thing of all is who knew that Florida had fallen so far that only beating Florida by seven gets your coach fired. <laughs> right. Um, and Dan Mullen has not been uh, not having a ton of success at Florida here lately. Uh, but as I mentioned, and, he- uh, to be fair, I, I would say hasn't had a ton of success this year. I think before this year, he'd been pretty good. But like going back to last year, I think he's lost. I think they're like four and six in their last ten games. Or five and five and five. I know they played in the they played the SEC title game last year and gave Alabama the best game they had. Yep, and then they got blown out by Oklahoma, I think, in the Cotton Bowl. Is it the Cotton Bowl? Yeah, I think so. It was by Oklahoma. I forget which game it was. Although I do remember that most Florida didn't have their quarterback or their tight end. They both left it. Right. To go to the NFL draft, but 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 they they did lose and they lost. So Tyrion Davis Price ran for over 200 yards in this game for LSU, and uh, 287 yards, as a matter of fact, 36 carries, 287 yards, three touchdowns. That seems like you're going to be pretty successful uh, when it comes to that. I know LSU had a couple of touchdowns taken back or some big plays because of penalties, but they win the game. And maybe you're thinking, oh, okay, uh, the pressure or the talk about Coach O's job is is done for a little bit. And then Sunday morning, LSU announces that they have agreed to part ways with Coach O effective at the end of the season. Um, peculiar timing, uh, and did Coach O deserve it? It is peculiar timing. I mean, I, I guess the only reason they're doing that is, you know, everyone loves starting their coaching search earlier and earlier because they think it gives them a leg up. Does it actually give them a leg up? Maybe it might. I don't know on the inside or any of those things, but it does seem a little bit odd that they're doing it now. And in terms of deserving it, it's it's tough because he did win a national title, but since then they have generally not been good. They've been mediocre or worse. And while it is a nice win over Florida, you know, I don't know if that's something you can say that you think they're going to keep doing regularly. Right. And I don't know all the details. This isn't like message board speculation. Although you could say it's some speculation. But from the, uh, whoever writes about LSU for the athletic online, that I guess like after LSU won the national title, in the 2019 season, mm-hmm. like two months after that, apparently he got divorced from his wife. And so, in, in the way it was written in the article, I'll give the benefit of the doubt since the athletic usually does stuff pretty well, uh, that whoever wrote this, and I mean, obviously someone in LSU told him this, but so, you know, he was a national title winning coach, you know, with all this money, who was now single. And apparently some people at the higher-ups at LSU don't know that, you know, he's running around with lots of different women, apparently. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not. That's why it said in the article. And I don't know, there was some, I, I don't I, I can't say word for word, and I don't remember exactly. So, I mean, this is what the great assault because I'm paraphrasing something I read, you know, like yesterday morning. Uh but there was something that, like, he was hitting on some lady at a gas station who it turned out that she was married to some, like, higher-up at LSU. Mm. That, that, like, 
like stuff like that that is right you know ruffled feathers that i i don't know if that necessarily in itself is a fireable offense but you know when you're going you're going 500 and you're getting blown out by alabama Mm -hmm. and stuff like that it makes people less likely to give you you the benefit of the doubt then well if you're hitting on people's lives right well and the players have had some off-field issues as well there's the academic problems that have been going on and they're only nine and eight since winning the national championship so yeah i think there are a lot of things that kind of accumulated to this um, and for the talent that they're getting at LSU, they should be better than that. But you got to be better character people and and whatnot. So apparently, winning a national championship only gets you a year and a half. Uh, and even that's in it, it's game. weird that I like I jokingly kept saying it was like Gene Chizik at Auburn, and it ultimately ends up almost exactly the same, more or less, that they get mm-hmm. a generational quarterback and an incredibly good offensive coordinator that lead them to a national title. And then the quarterback and the coordinator both bolt after winning the title. And then a year and a half later, they're left with like, oh, actually, it turns out that guy hired the right people and brought in the right quarterback. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's not a, left, not a lot left here. So where does LSU go with their coaching search? I mean, Jimbo Fisher's been a name that has come up. Joe Brady, uh, Dave Aranda, uh you know, both guys who had, I mean, Joe Brady may make the most sense. He was the offensive coordinator there in the national championship team. He's now with the Carolina Panthers as their offensive coordinator. Uh, I mean, Jimbo Fisher has LSU ties. Where do we think, or where do you think LSU goes from here with their coaching search? That's a good question. I think if you're LSU trying to get Jimbo Fisher is necessarily a bad idea. I don't think he's going to leave. Because I don't think Ellis is crazy enough to offer him more money than he's getting at Texas A&M right now. You don't think so? I, I guess it would be. I don't. I think that if you're going to offer somebody that much money, you could get somebody who's done more than Jimbo Fisher's done more. Like I'm not saying that it would work to get Urban Meyer, but I think if you offered Urban Meyer that much money and that much guaranteed like he'd at least think about it mm-hmm. and I think we would be hard regardless of like off the field stuff it would be hard to be like oh yes Jimbo Fisher is definitely better at coaching than Urban Myers. And, and I don't mean just him like I don't think Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney would leave but I think if you offer that kind of money to almost anybody in college football to take the LSU job I'm not saying they would all take it but I think a lot of them if you offer Jimbo money, just because, because of also the situation that they're in, like LSU's in a very unique situation where they're the only Power Five school in a very good, talent-rich state that kids in that state want to go to. I mean, in some ways, they're kind of like the Ohio State, the SEC, where, like, yeah, there's a group of five schools there, but nobody grows up. You know, wanting to go to Miami of Ohio or Louisiana, yeah, and not like in Alabama, yeah, not like in Alabama where it's split between Auburn and Alabama, Mississippi, or Texas A and M, where there's also Texas and things like that. Yes, yep. Um, What's a better job, LSU or USC? I think that's a good question. There are things that are better about each job. I would say that. Right now, I feel like USC is a better job, I think, just because 
you don't have to play Alabama in Division Three. I think that's that's part of it. Um, the facilities at LSU are going to be better. It's easier to get some things you want at LSU. I think it's supposed to USC. Mm-hmm. So if, I mean, if you want people to just hand over, you know, jet jets for you to take vacations on, then you're better off going to LSU. But if you want a job where it's easier to set up a dynasty. I think it would be easier to do that at USC. Because at USC, as of right now, obviously the landscape can change a lot in a short period of time. But I think it's safe to say that Oregon's the only other like really big name school in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But for the next three years, you're saying, well, yeah, we're going to have to be Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, you're probably, I mean, I don't, that might not get you to the playoff if you're not undefeated necessarily. But I think the road is easier at USC. We're at LSU as of right now, but just every year. I mean, Auburn's LSU's not as good as they are as they have been at times right now. You know, Texas A&M's not as good as we thought they'd be going into the year, but they obviously beat Alabama looking better. And it just basically ends up being every school not named Mississippi State like has a chance to be really, really good year in and year out. Mm-hmm. You maybe throw Arkansas in there also. You know, you talk about Alabama and Auburn and A&M and Ole Miss. Like, I think those schools are going to be really good for as long as those guys are there coaching. And, you know, it's it's kind of like, to a degree, I guess it's like Michigan State, the Big Ten East, where it's like, yeah, I mean, you could win the conference in Michigan State. You know, they made the playoff once. But if Ohio State and Michigan are as good as they generally are or Penn State's as good as they generally are, mm-hmm. like, it's really tough to win. Mm-hmm. And – like, I think even over the last decade, you know, we would say LSU's probably been the second best SEC West team after Alabama. Yep. LSU or Auburn. Yep. But even then, it's still, I mean, it's just such a, it's such a grind to get through the SEC West. So, mm-hmm. You know, long story short, the bow on top of what I said, the two all three. LSU's a great job. I think it's easier to win big at USC than it is at LSU. I, I, I generally agree with that assessment. So at the end of the day, and I guess I don't have to hold you to it, but who would you think is going to land the LSU job as of today? I don't have a great answer as of now, just because it always seems like there's some coach that becomes a big, hot commodity. You know, like you mentioned Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda's kind of that guy right now. But not to the same degree that some other guys have been recently. Like, this sounds weird to say about a coaching hire, but, like, that doesn't seem like a really sexy hire right now. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean to be bad or they shouldn't do it. But, you know, I think someone will emerge in the next month or so. I don't have a great name off the top of my head. I, I guess I'd say Dave Miranda just because I don't have a better answer right now. Okay. And that he's at least coached there before. Well, and Baylor was- I don't think it's going to be Jimbo. Yep. Joe Brady, it's, I, I think LSU's a good enough job that you don't want a guy becoming a head coach for the first time there. Sure. Like he's obviously yep. a good coordinator, yep. but it's a big boy job, and I think you're like, well, no, we need someone that actually has been yep. a head coach for three to five years. And Dave Aranda's Baylor Bears um, beat BYU, upset them over the weekend. By the way, Baylor's mascot or like the logo on their helmet just looks atrocious it looks like a cartoon bear it looks terrible i i couldn't tell 
I couldn't tell what it was at first. And I'm like, what the hell is, what? what is Baylor? Oh my gosh, they're the Bears? That's terrible. It's just awful, awful, awful look. There's a lot of things Baylor's not that that, that could be added to the list. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, staying with the head coaching news, Nick Rolovich, the head coach at Washington State, is out. He's uh, because of wa- the, the state of Washington's COVID uh, vaccine mandate for all state employees. This had been widely speculated since this announcement was made. It was either in July or August. Like, would he get it? Would he not? Sounded like at one point he was leaning towards it, and then apparently not, and a bunch of other assistants are fired. Um, I shared my thoughts with, with Travis on this, and I, I, to me, this is just a, a sign of selfishness. And, like, if this guy can truly be a leader of young men and stuff, then you have to sometimes do what is right for the greater good and this guy not uh, taking the vaccine is just you know what if you're not going to apply with the state mandate and stuff then get the hell out and uh it's not like he was very good at his job anyway uh as of now but um i think washington state getting rid of him it's not a it, it's not a huge loss in fact i feel like it's more of an addition by subtraction yeah we're uh we're talking monday night right this Yep. I just heard about this because I was taking you know busy at work earlier. Yeah, so it just, I still it just not happened. All yeah. this stuff, but yeah, it just happened within the last couple of hours. It happened Monday evening. And I mean, uh, ultimately, I would say the bottom line is that Washington State's a state school, so you're a state employee. No yep. one likes it. It's a state school, so if it's what uh, the governor mandates don't have a lot of recourse for it. And I also, as the son of a doctor and a nurse, say you should get vaccinated. Yeah, I just... It, I, I don't get it, but that, that's what he does. And now he's out, so we'll see where Washington State goes from here. Um, I mean, maybe he's the next head coach at LSU. Hey, maybe Mike Leach wants to go back to uh, to Washington State where he, ha- he has a little more success than he's having right now in Starksville. I mean, just just the possibility. Uh, we'd appreciate the pirate going back to um, Pullman. Yeah, Pullman, uh, Washington, there to coach Washington State. So think about it, Mike. I, I know Mississippi State beat LSU last year. Right? They beat them this year too, right? Um, have they played yet? I don't think. I was thinking they played like three weeks ago. But maybe I'm wrong. On that. Let let me, let me take a look here. Um, also, either way, though. Maybe Mike Leach is the next coach. He could be, but I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, LSU beat Mississippi State 28-25. Okay, so it's a close game. Yep. Yep. Then uh, they followed that up with a loss to Auburn. LSU did, and then lost at Kentucky before beating Florida. So that's that. Um, Oklahoma State remains undefeated. They beat Texas. They... I think that's a very good win for Oklahoma State. They weren't great offensively. Uh, defense had a pick six that kind of swung the momentum in their favor uh, because Texas was up for the majority of this game. This is a very good win for Oklahoma State, uh, though, going down to Austin and beating the Longhorns. I agree. It is a good win for them. They're, they're still undefeated. I mean, it'll be uh, an Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game that's more and more interesting. Yep. And apparently, you know, if you're a Big 12 team, 
all you need to do against Texas is get down by two or three scores in the second half. You've got them right where you want them. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, I mean, who would have ever... Also, I feel like Caleb Williams is definitely the... Like, I mean, obviously I say this sarcastically because, of course, but yeah, I don't I don't think Spencer Rattler's taking the job back. They were heaping praise on Caleb Williams, and rightfully so, um, on college game day on Saturday, just about how he was acting as a freshman, and st- like a true freshman coming into the situation. They're down, and just the team kind of rallied. The energy was up. The play was up. He just made plays that true freshmen normally don't make at that position. So I think, yeah, Caleb Williams is the is the way to go here. And who would have ever thought that we would have had that we would be entering the end of October, and both Oklahoma State and Wake Forest would be undefeated. Headed uh, Oklahoma so. State, I can see because Oklahoma State's been good at times. Wake Forest is pretty surprising. And, and to be fair, I wouldn't have picked up Wall State to still be undefeated now. But I don't know if I'd be stunned. I, I'm quite surprised that the team and Deacons are still undefeated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the big upset this weekend. I, to, to counter what you said, instead of saying Oklahoma State, I would say Wake Forest and Michigan State. Yes. Yep. Yep. Michigan State, absolutely. Uh, they will be getting into the teeth of their schedule, though having to play Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State coming up here in the next month. Um, The big game, the big upset of the weekend, though, took place in Iowa City where no one, I don't think, very few people saw Purdue coming in and beating Iowa and doing it the way they did. Uh, Purdue has now won nine games against number two ranked teams, and they had the tweet of the weekend, the tweet of the year, Saying they beat the number two out of number two, Iowa State. Uh, uh, poop joke. It's very very funny. Tweet of the year. I don't even know if it's the best college football tweet. I liked. Uh, oh, do one you... of them. Well, one of them. I won't say because I don't want you to perhaps remember one that I heard the piece of And then the other one was uh, an old Miss one where they literally set up the website. It's like, oh, did did Arkansas beat? Beat Ole Miss, and then it was Arkansas game saying like no or something like that. Oh, that's video. Good too. I oh. forget. I forget <laughs> the exact details, but you might be right. That one might have been the best. There, there have been some other good ones too. David Bell, wide receiver for Purdue, had 11 catches for 240 yards and a touchdown. He was absolutely sensational. Iowa's quarterback throws four interceptions. This is a Purdue team that lost at home to the University of Minnesota 20-13 to a couple weeks back. Uh, granted, it was in the rain, but still, it was at home. I, I, I mean, at this point, I guess it's just par for the course with the number of upsets we've seen so far in college football. But tell me, how did this happen? How did Purdue beat... Number two, Iowa. I'll give you a few things. First off, the people who could see this coming, ironically, were Iowa football fans. Because Iowa just had some teams like this most years, where it's either Purdue or Northwestern that you look at and think, oh, clearly, Iowa's much better than this team. And then they just kind of, you know, crap their pains and end up losing. And that's kind of what happened more or less. In terms of David Bell, I think nobody other than think anybody besides Kirk Ferentz is more excited that he uh, is going to be gone to the NFL because he's torched Iowa three straight years and I'm sure they're ecstatic they don't have to cover him 
Yeah. And uh, in, in terms of the game, I think the biggest thing is that, I mean, obviously Iowa is critiquing the state. You know, even with that, I think we can say it's not like that means they're bad now defensively. They just ran into a good receiver at a great game against him. But Iowa's problem is that they're just not that good offensively. And they're not, like, dreadful or terrible in offense. But their defense isn't so good that they're like, hey, we guarantee that we're going to stonewall whoever we're playing. And they got in the game where it didn't happen. And their offense couldn't take over. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I guess I would compare them to like the mid, the early to mid 2000 Chicago Bears teams, where it's like, yeah, the defense is really good, but there's still going to be one or two games a year where a team just gets points against your defense. And, you know, because you're good, you'll hold them under 30. Mm-hmm. But if they get to 24, is your offense good enough to get to 24? And, and occasionally they are, but, you know, in a game where they get down big and have to rally to come from behind, it's just what they're built to do. Yeah, I I mean, this was really – I mean, we talked about the, the hypotheticals last week with Penn State and, and Iowa. Should Iowa get through their schedule undefeated and, like, you know, and they have that – their one loss would be in the Big Ten championship game. Well, now we could throw all that all that out the window. And the Big Ten's hopes for a playoff spot reside in the Big Ten East, which... I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. Or let me rephrase that. I agree with you to the extent that I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Iowa's going to finish 12-1. and one. I think if they would finish 12-1, and one, they still would probably get in. Because, you know, I think Purdue's going to go like 7-5 and five or 8-4. and four, And I don't think that will necessarily keep them out. It could keep about, but it might not. But I, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to lose probably to Ohio State in the conference title. I just. I mean, if you remember what I said last week, I think we talked about this that that Iowa would have had a better chance to be to have one loss and then beat a one loss Ohio State or Penn State team in the Big Ten title game, mm-hmm. and to have that big win. Than to be undefeated and lose in the conference title. Yep. Miss out on yep. Nope. So I do think Good that point. if they could win out, it's, it, they would have a better chance this way than if they lose at Indianapolis. But, but I, like I said, I don't think we're going to finish 12-1 Big Ten champions. I mean, the Big Ten, the Big Ten East has four teams that are ranked in the top ten. So they could just essentially go, uh, um, you know, at each other, you know, like piranhas and and whatnot, cannibalize themselves and, you know, win one against one team, lose against the other. It's going to be fascinating to see how that all works out if they, if they go like a round robin one and one against one another, um, which I don't think is out of the out of the question at all because I don't think we really know just truly how good Michigan and Michigan State are. I'd say out of the four in the Big Ten East, those two are the weakest Ohio State and Penn State would be the best ones, right? I would say I think Michigan State's the weakest. I think Michigan State's a top 25 team. I do not think they're a top 10 team. I think I would agree that Michigan's probably the next weakest, although I might buy that Michigan potentially could be a top 10 team, um, but not necessarily. But, yeah, I, I agree that Ohio State and Penn State are the best. So the Big Ten is now a little bit in chaos, or they they just their 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 hopes of potentially getting two teams in are pretty much 
done, gone, one would imagine. Um, but but we'll see. Crazier things I think could happen. realistically, Michigan or Michigan State undefeated. If they lost a one-loss line, I think it's possible. The Big Ten could get two teams in then, but, yes. you know, like we said, I think it's less likely that. I think it's unlikely that the Wolverines or the Spartans are undefeated heading into Indianapolis. Yes. Yep, I, I agree. But it would I think it would take Michigan or Michigan State at this point to be undefeated. It, going into in, in Indianapolis, Iowa have that one loss. Iowa win for, for them oh, yeah, to Oh, it would definitely have to be one of those two. But, uh, a, uh, yeah, I, I, that's, I think that's the only Cause way. Both, yeah, because both Penn State. Because either Ohio State or Iowa or, Ohio, or Penn State or Iowa have to lose. And yep. one of those, they're not getting in with two losses. Right. Certainly, Iowa's not getting in with two losses. And I don't think Ohio State and Penn State are either, unless we just, like, truly get chaos. Mm-hmm. Which we could get. You, you never know. Um, speaking of chaos, uh, terrible scene have in, in Knoxville. Like, University of Tennessee fans should be ashamed of themselves and uh, for what transpired uh, Saturday night, and I get it, you know, it's a lot of emotion with Lane Kiffin coming back with Ole Miss and appearing that Ole Miss was kind of faking some injuries multiple times, you know, to, to slow down the Tennessee offense, but 4th and 24, and your tight end makes a great catch and a run, and he's very close to first down, but doesn't extend the ball, like initially, I'm watching this game, I don't know if, if how much of the game you caught, because it was on the SEC Network, um, did, some, some okay. Um, like I thought he got it at first. I thought initially when I was watching the play, like, oh yeah, he got it. And then you you look at the replay and you see that he doesn't extend the ball. That the ball is tucked inside it, like it, tucked to his stomach, to his midsection, and that wasn't across the line. So it seemed like the right call. But for Tennessee fans then to throw golf balls and garbage and stuff on the field, delaying the game twenty minutes, and then you know keep throwing stuff at Lane Kiff. It's just. It's such a bad look for them. It's a it's terrible. Those fans, I would hope, if they can find any fans that threw garbage, that they should be banned for life. Um, and then for the SEC to only fine them $250,000 is laughable, considering you fine a school $100,000 for fans storming the field. And I guess there's a I difference. thought they fined them 500000 only. But saw either way, the number to me is irrelevant. I must be fined. I mean, unless you're fining them $60 billion, it's not. Well, fine. That's a debt for school. Yeah, I said fine them like two hundred fifty million to Travis being you know facetious and whatnot. It's really like a, probably like closer to two and a half million seems more reasonable. But like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar penalty is nothing. The SEC, I think, to, swung and missed on this one. This is not a good look for them, and certainly not for the way the University of Tennessee fans uh, conducted themselves Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to counter with a couple of things. First off, I'm going to say that you're right that they shouldn't throw stuff off the field. That's bad. You shouldn't do that. In terms of the fine, I don't think the fine's going to be anything, like I said, regardless. You know, they're doing something so they can say they did something, but I don't think if they find them four million dollars, that it's going to dramatically change Tennessee fans at all. Um, and the biggest thing I liked the most was someone threw, I think it was a beer. And remind me, we got to go back to, to beer at the Iowa game. Also. 
Oh, yes. Um, yeah. But someone threw, like, a beer at Lane Kiffin, and he caught it like he was Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah, yep. in the middle of doing a promo in the ring, and I was like, oh, yep. respect. Yeah. I really didn't like Lane Kiffin, like, five years ago, and he's grown on me. If you'd have told me five years ago that, like, hey, Lane Kiffin might be one of your 15 favorite college football matches, I would have been like, no, absolutely You're crazy. I'm not saying he is one of my 15 favorite, but... Like, he might be, and it's just, it's a stunning upset to me that he's flipped this in a way that it's like, yeah, I don't know if he's, like, a good guy, but he's a lot, he's more interesting than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that catch, uh, like, when he's walking into the tunnel is fantastic. I don't, like, I don't know if he caught the golf ball, but it was uh, certainly close to it. Yeah, the, the bottle's great. Yeah, let's go back to the, the Purdue guy. Big guy chugging the beer at the end of the game. Some I uh, was it a Purdue fan that threw it to him? Uh, it was an Iowa. My understanding is it was an angry Iowa. Just throwing it. And I mean, I, I, I can't say that for sure. It was the tweet I saw. The original. They claimed it was an Iowa fan, but maybe not. But the fact that he just caught it, chugged it, like again, like he's Stone Cold Steve Austin Hero. doing a promo. Like I, and I, I, I checked. He's a I forget his name. But he's either a fourth or a fifth year senior, so he's twenty one. I don't understand. Like this is something. Assuming he doesn't play in the NFL, because there's rules in the U.S. that advertising companies set for each other that you can't be in alcohol commercials if you're actively playing the sport. So if he plays in the NFL, it won't work. But if he does not play in the NFL. I think if you're Budweiser, you absolutely because I think it was a Bud Light. Yeah, that's yep. what I saw. Yep. If you're Bud Light, you absolutely have to sign this guy once once his playing career is over. He's not absolutely. going to the NFL and be like, "Yeah, we're paying you money. This is just what you're going to do." Yes. Like our next five commercials, the first one will be about you. The second one will be about you and someone else, and the rest of them won't be about. But you'll just walk into the middle of this scene. And just catch a beer and chug it real quick with a face mask on. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you did. Absolutely. No, he absolutely needs a, a deal. And that was a great scene there. Uh, and, I mean, technically, I mean, so that rule that you can't, you know, have alcohol or be in alcohol commercials while you're playing, that only is for alcohol. I mean, he could be in a, a Gatorade commercial and do basically the exact same thing. Right. And then it's not against any rules. Chugging energy I, drink. What, like, even in West Lafayette, somebody, like, you could be a bar. I mean, you could advertise for a bar and not some second guy out there. Right. And just be dumping, you know, water or Shirley Temple's down your face. Yeah. I mean, so so I truly hope that this guy, like, I'm not saying he needs to be, like, a billionaire by any means, but that, that he's able to capitalize on this subway. He just should. based off doing that. Yeah, absolutely should. I mean, especially with even now, like name, image, likeness. You gotta, you gotta figure out a way to to get him um, some cold hard cash for this. Because yeah, absolutely, it it he just needs it. Yeah. But uh, so that was the week. Anything? Uh, I guess. Uh, congrats to UConn winning their first game, even though they nearly blew a twenty-one nothing lead to Yale and almost lost. But there are just two winless teams now: Arizona. And UNLV, so UNLV not overly surprising. And I figured Arizona would be bad, but it's probably not good for Arizona. The fact that Kansas, I don't think they're going to finish winless, but 
I wouldn't be stunned to see it. So if we took the worst teams in each of the Power 5 conferences, it'd be Arizona, Vanderbilt, Kansas. Would it be North... No, who would it be in the Big Ten? Let's. Uh... I would assume it's Northwestern because Nebraska... But Nebraska only has one winning conference, and they beat Northwestern in only 45 minutes. So uh, it's either Northwestern or it's Rutgers or Maryland, I guess. I'm assuming it's Northwestern. Pulling it up right now. Um, the ACC would be... My gosh. Is it Syracuse? No, it would... Uh, Florida State and Miami are both 2-4. and four. Eesh. Wow. Um, Indiana... Uh, no, Illinois. Illinois is the worst team in the Big Ten. I forgot about it. I tried to erase Illinois. <laughs> I'm guessing. But yeah, uh, you're, I think you're right. It's... It's probably. It, I think Illinois and Northwestern play at the end of the year. Like whoever loses that game. I think they, we just need to do a, a tournament to determine the worst Power 5 team. I'm fine with doing that every single year. I would love to actually definitively know who's the worst. And then, as I think we had said before, demote them to the lower conference within their region. Yep. I think that's, I think that's the way. you got to relegate them. Just like Ted Lasso. Um, next week, not a not a whole lot of big stuff there. Anything you're looking forward to this next week, college football? I just hope there's some fun, entertaining games. A lot of, if I remember right, I don't think there's any games that are two ranked teams. I think they're all either two unranked or ranked. Or something. Uh, looking, yeah. looking now, uh, Clemson is, uh, underdogs to Pittsburgh, so that's interesting, but you are right, there is not one ranked team playing another this week. So, I mean, a lot of times you would look at that and think, oh no, this is bad. but ironically, a lot of times those end up being the crazy things, because mm-hmm. teams overlooking who they're playing. I... I'm going to preface this with I do not think it's going to be as good as Duke needs which was one of the five best college football Saturdays probably in our lifetime. Exactly, yep. But I do think there's the potential that there will be like half as many good games as that week. And, you know, some upsets, like not top 10 upsets, but maybe uh, whoever's ranked like 18th and whoever's ranked 23rd. So you'd be like, oh, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, a couple other games that are close and favorite wins, but my guess is it'll be a decent Saturday, better than it looks on paper, but not one we're going to look back and remember two years from now. We can only hope. We can only hope. Uh, Charlie, when you come back next time, we're gonna we're gonna get into game time with Bull Bound or not. So that's gonna be fun. As long as we're not playing Squid Game, I'm good. <laughs> no, we won't do that. Uh, um, maybe uh, when will they will make a return? But uh, it, it's we're we're approaching bull bound or not season, so it's time to get into it. So we'll do that. Uh, we'll see what happens here in the college football uh, week, week eight. But I always appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy the week of college football ahead, and thanks for joining me. Yep, thanks for having me. I always appreciate talking to you about football. Oh, I appreciate you coming on, and I always enjoy it. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll do it as often as we can. All right, sounds good. Talk to you later. Sounds good. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Hildebrand, uh, 
from the Northwest Iowa Review and our resident college football expert. Kind of enough to join me here. And yeah, that, just with the big upset this weekend and the college and the, the coaching news with Ed Orgeron out and with Nick uh, Rolovich, Rolovich out now at Washington State. Needed to get Charlie on there to discuss that. We're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at week six in the NFL, make some early picks for week seven. And that's how we'll wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com. Follow Charlie on Hildebrand at CE Hildebrand. Um, coming up next, we wrap up this week's edition with a look back at week six in the NFL, make some early picks for week seven. Wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Podcast.com. All right, it's time to wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, as we always do during football season with a look back at what happened the previous week in the NFL and make some picks for the next week. So let's go to week six. And, uh, I, I mean, it just wasn't a great week. It began Thursday night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers got out to a huge lead on the Philadelphia Eagles, 28-7. to The Eagles' offense couldn't do anything. Leonard Fournette had a big game. The Eagles did make it close late. And then you have that... Uh, that unsportsmanlike conduct, a taunting penalty on uh, Mr. Avery there, number 58, the linebacker for the Eagles. People are up in arms about it. Guess what? Just don't taunt. Just just walk away after you do it. It's just, it was a two-yard, whatever. Buccaneers end up winning 28-22. to Then on Sunday, of course, we talked about the Vikings choking away a lead in the fourth quarter, but coming back to win 34-28 in overtime. Kirk Cousins, great in this one, 373 yards, three touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown pass to K.J. Osborne. A good win for the Vikings, who go into their bye at 3-3, three and three, and at least for one week, Vikings fans' hearts will be okay. The Oh, how did I miss this earlier? The Jaguars get their first win of the season in London, beating the Miami Dolphins 23-20. to uh, Matthew Wright, I believe his name is, kicker for the Jaguars, who hadn't made a field goal all year, makes two 50-plus yard field goals, one to tie and then one to win. Uh, Jalen Waddle, a couple touchdown catches for Miami, but the Jaguars get their first win of the season. Now both of those teams from Florida are 1-5. Bengals crush the Lions 34-11, uh, to keep Detroit winless. Uh, Bengals offense started slow in this one, picked it up in the second half, and Jared Goff and the Lions offense just looked atrocious in this one. Seven straight wins now for the Bengals over the Lions. If that, That's hard to believe, but it's true. Uh, this was supposed to be the best game on paper. It was far from it. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens crushed the Chargers 34-6. Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense were, were bad. They tried to go for it on fourth down a bunch and that did not work as it has like it has in previous weeks and the Ravens come away with the convincing win and now are in sole possession of first in not only in the AFC North but also in the AFC Aaron Rodgers owns the Packers he said as much to the fans uh in Chicago after rushing for a touchdown late in the fourth quarter he also threw for two scores he owns him he always owns him and it's true uh the Packers beat the Bears 24-14 Justin Fields played okay in this one the Bears scored the first touchdown of the game but couldn't keep pace with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers Indianapolis crushes Houston 31-3. Big day running for Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz played well, and they just annihilated Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Speaking of annihilation, Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams annihilated the Giants 38-11. This was 38-3. It was 28-3 at the half. Cooper Cup, another big game receiving. Robert Woods with a touchdown. Matthew Stafford, very good in this one. And the Giants, who were celebrating the 2011 Super Bowl champions, uh, 
not much to cheer about at all as the Rams crushed them. Kansas City Chiefs didn't look good in the first half against Washington. Uh, Washington was honoring the late Sean Taylor, uh, retiring his number. Um, but the whole debacle around that, um, from you know not announcing it before, you know, prior to four days before the game, it's just a b- bad look for the organization. But they did retire his number, which is great. Remember, Sean Taylor died in that burglary, that home that home burglary. Uh, 14 years ago, um, Washington looked good in this one. Initially, it was 13-10 at the half. The Chiefs had three turnovers. It didn't look good, and then they picked things up in the second half, playing like the Chiefs that we're accustomed to, and they win 31-13. to Kind of a stunning outcome in Cleveland where the Cardinals uh, playing without head coach Kings or Cliff Kingsbury, who uh, tested positive for COVID-19. They beat down the Browns 37-14. Kyler Murray was great in this one. The defense played well. Baker Mayfield hurt himself. Kareem Hunt, running back for the Browns, hurt him, uh, had to leave the game with a calf strain. He's going to be out probably a month or so. It's the, the Browns are the walking wounded right now. So many injuries up and down this team. Um, Owusu Koromoa, their, their star rookie linebacker, he is out for a little while. It's just bad time in Cleveland. The Cardinals win easily 37-14. They are 6-0, the NFL's lone undefeated team, and they are 6-0 for the first time since 1974. For all the, the turmoil that the Raiders went through this last week, you it might have been understandable for most people like myself to think that the Denver Broncos would win. How distracted, how motivated would the, the Raiders be? They were incredibly motivated. The Raiders beat the Broncos 34-24. to Derek Carr played great in this one. Uh, the defense was good. Teddy Bridgewater throws three interceptions for the Broncos in the late score. That cost me in one of my fantasy leagues. Thank you very much, Teddy B. Uh, but the Raiders come away with the 34-24 win. The Broncos now have lost three straight games since starting the season 3-0. Uh, game of the day took place in Foxborough with the Cowboys beating the Patriots 35-29. The Cowboys at one point had 34 plays in New England Patriots territory, and the Patriots didn't even have 30 plays ran in the game at that point. Uh, so poor clock management by uh, uh, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. It, it seemed like the the, pa- the Patriots were going to come away with the win in this one. Uh, Dak Prescott fumbled it in the at the goal line, trying to extend the ball over in the second quarter. And at, in the fourth quarter, it's 21-20 after Greg Zerline misses a field goal. But then Trevon Diggs, brother of Stefan, gets another pick six. He is the, right now the runaway player of the year, defensive player of the year for in the National Football League. Dallas had the lead, and then the Patriots come right back on the very next play. Kendrick Bourne uh, from uh, Mac Jones against Trayvon Diggs gets uh, gets the score. The Cowboys come back to kick the game-tying field goal, force overtime, where CeeDee Lamb scores the game-winning touchdown for them in overtime, and the the Cowboys emerge victorious 35-29. Patriots 0-4 at home. The Steelers uh, had a Defense played great in the first half, not so good in the second half as Geno Smith and Alex Collins got the Seahawks offense going, but in the game would go to overtime, and the Steelers, thanks to a T.J. Watt strip sack, would get the ball, kick the game-winning field goal, and win 23-20 to get back to 500. And then what a game Monday night. We were talking about this, Travis and I, were while the uh, uh, we were recording the podcast while the game was going on, and thought the Bills were going to win. Looked like they... They should have this easily, but Derrick Henry, what a monster game he had. Um, 
something like, what, 140 yards rushing. He was fantastic in this one. Um, three touchdowns, and the Titans come up with a big win after Josh Allen went for a sneak on fourth and one from inside their, the Titans five with 30 seconds left. The Bills were going for the win. He didn't get it, and the Titans emerge victorious 34-31. What a win for the Tennessee Titans. And that does it for week six. We'll start with week seven. Six teams on the bye this week. So it's a kind of a light week. Steelers, Bills, Chargers, Jaguars, Vikings, and Cowboys all on the bye. So we begin Thursday night in Cleveland. The 3-3 three three Broncos at the 3-3 three three Browns. 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Given everything that the Browns are going through right now, I, you almost have to pick Denver. I'm, I'm going to ride it out with Cleveland here one more week because I just don't see the Broncos being all that great. The, the Browns defense going to come to play. I got the Browns winning this one close. Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Derrick Henry should run all over that terrible Chiefs defense. But the Titans have so many injuries right now. I think Kansas City's offense is kind of picking it back up a little bit. I'm going to take the Chiefs narrowly to take down the Titans there in Nashville. Expect a lot of Chiefs fans at that game. Washington football team at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Uh, Washington, bad year so far for them. Bad defense. Give me the Packers to take down the football team very easily. Got to go with Aaron Rodgers. Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Tough one to pick here. I'm going to take the Falcons. I think the Falcons are just a little better team right now than the Dolphins, but don't be surprised if the Dolphins emerge victorious uh, given all the chatter that's been going on there this week after that London game. Um, I think they'll come to play, but I think the Falcons are just a little bit better and they'll get the win. Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Don't know if, uh, you know, Kadarius Toney is going to play for the Giants, the rookie wide receiver. Don't know if running back Saquon Barkley is going to play, and, and this Giants team is just so bad. The Panthers haven't been good either, but uh, show it. Show up and show us what you got, Carolina. I'm taking the Panthers to win this one. Game of the day, or game of the week, again, on paper, it appears, is uh, involves the Ravens. 4-2 Cincinnati Bengals at the 5-1 Baltimore Ravens, 1 p.m. Eastern Noon Central Time on CBS. I gotta go with the Ravens here. Bengals, another kind of prove-it game, but can you stop Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Lamar Jackson, it seems like he has the, the Bengals number. Should be a good game, but I'm going to take Baltimore to get the win here. New York Jets at the New England Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern Noon Central Time on CBS. Another home game for the Patriots. Jets coming off a bye. Patriots are better. Patriots will get the season sweep of the Jets here. Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Like the Raiders here, Derek Carr and company playing good. Jalen Hurts will get his yards, will get the, the Eagles some points on the board, but the Raiders' offense, just too good, taking the Raiders here. And then uh, we're getting to the revenge portion here of Week 7. Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams host the Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Remember, Goff used to play in L.A. Matthew Stafford was with the Lions. Uh, this is a big game for Jared Goff and for the Lions. I mean, he got called out by his head coach, uh, Dan Campbell, last week. Lots going on there. The Rams are going to win this one easily. Take the Rams and don't look back. Rams are going to win this one. 
the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Justin Fields and the Bears. Just don't look good at other times. Tom Brady and the Bucks seeking revenge for that loss in Chicago last year on Thursday Night Football. They're going to get the win easily here over the Bears. And another revenge game. Houston Texans at the Arizona Cardinals, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on CBS. DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt fixtures in the Texans organization for many years now with the Cardinals they're going to have big games they're going to want to show the Texans what they're missing and Texans fans they already know what they're missing with Watt and Hopkins no longer there give me the Cardinals to win easily the Indianapolis Colts at the San Francisco 49ers 8 20 p.m. Eastern 7 20 p.m. Central Time on NBC tough game to pick the Colts have been playing better football but I, I'm going to take the 49ers coming off the bye I think the 49ers have what it takes to put a few points on the board i think their defense is good enough to slow down the colts offense give me the 49ers here and then monday night football 8 15 p.m eastern 7 15 p.m central time on espn new orleans saints at the seattle seahawks uh i'll go with the saints here but kind of a toss-up because i think the seahawks are pretty good but saints just a little better right now and those are your week seven picks official picks and predictions can be found in the stack at stackattack.sportsblog.com uh, appreciate you listening to this week's edition of the sports blog podcast a little shorter than last week but appreciate charlie for coming on to talk college football as always appreciate travis crins uh, co-hosting this podcast with me thank you for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast and every edition of the sports block podcast you can find the podcast online at podcast.com follow me on twitter at andy stacken facebook nathan stacken travis on twitter at travis crins charlie on twitter at ce hildebrand a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week we'll see what happens this week in the world of sports what happens in the baseball what happens in the nfl and college football and we'll be back next week to break it all down so for all of us here at the sports block podcast nathan stack and saying thank you for listening enjoy the cooler weather as fall comes in uh low 50s some rain maybe here but vikings fans enjoy not having to have a you know heart pounding game this week to watch just enjoy the football enjoy the weather enjoy fall and we'll talk to you next week nathan stack and saying thank you for listening we hope you tune in again for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.